or at sacredheartradio.com. Thursday, the 2nd of November, it is All Souls Day. Let's begin with a prayer for our faithful departed and pray specially for those who will die today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Most merciful Jesus, lover of souls, I pray you by the agony of your most sacred heart and by the sorrows of your immaculate mother to wash in your most precious blood the sinners of the world who are now in their agony and who will die today. Heart of Jesus, once in agony, Have mercy on the dying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And may the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along on a Thursday morning. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis is running video this morning. You can access the video stream and the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. While you're there, you can uh, check out that prayer that I used to kick off the hour. Speaking of the hour, up this hour, we'll talk to Father Robert Nixon about poverty of spirit. Uh, We've been going through a book he did on the translated works of St. Albert the Great. Dr. Jeffrey Morrow has been walking through the Old Testament book by book with us. Uh, He wrote parts of A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament for Ascension Press. Today we're in the book of Judith. It's a pretty intense book. Emily Malloy will join us. Uh, She has contributed to the Theology of Home series. Also pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast uh, with a Catholic perspective on grief this morning. So do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Pope Francis has prayed for all the faithful departed, celebrating Mass today at the Rome War Cemetery. During his special Angelus address for the Solemnity of All Saints yesterday, the Holy Father said, quote, Let us continue to pray for those who are suffering from today's wars. Let us not forget martyred Ukraine, he said. Let us not forget Palestine. Let us not forget Israel. Let us not forget so many other regions where war still persists, end quote. Nearly half of Ukrainians are in need of humanitarian aid currently. Mark Mayfield reports. A United Nations official speaking before the Security Council said that millions in the nation need help having their basic needs met. U.N. Humanitarian Director Ramesh Rajasingham said the war, which has stretched on for 20 months, has killed thousands of civilians and left Ukrainians with unimaginable levels of suffering and horrendous humanitarian consequences. He added that the upcoming winter will only increase the problems for the already 18 million in need. I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden says he's still focused on rescuing hostages taken by Hamas. While speaking at a campaign reception in Minnesota yesterday, Biden said, quote, I think we need a pause. And when asked to clarify, he explained, quote, a pause means give time to get the prisoners out. Give time. He made the comment after he was interrupted by a rabbi in the audience who was calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. The White House has previously said it would not it would consider supporting a humanitarian pause to allow aid into Gaza 
but has largely rebuffed calls for a ceasefire. Toyota is announcing they will increase wages after the United Auto Workers and the Detroit Big Three automakers reached a ten reached tentative agreements. Toyota says they are not releasing the details of the increases publicly. A flyer that was circulating on social media showed the company was introducing a 2% wage increase for top-paid production workers and a quarter of a percentage increase for top-paid skilled trade workers, with wages increasing around 9% starting in January. Executive Vice President of Corporate Resources Chris Reynolds says the value their employees they value their employees and want to ensure compensation keeps them competitive in the industry. Pope Francis yesterday released a new motu proprio to update the statutes of the Pontifical Academy of Theology. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. In the motu proprio, the Pope says that it is time to revise the norms that regulate the Academy's activities to make them more suited to the mission that our times impose on theology. What is needed is a fundamentally contextual theology, writes Pope Francis, capable of reading and interpreting the gospel in the conditions in which men and women live daily in different geographical, social, and cultural environments. In the letter, the Pope also calls for theology to engage openly with all believers and non-believers alike and for it to take on a pastoral stamp addressing the open wounds of humanity and of creation. I'm Christopher Wells. The Federal Reserve is keeping interest rate hikes the same. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell told, sorry, let me try that again. The Federal Reserve is keeping interest rates the same. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell told reporters the central bank will continue to track inflation and the health of the economy, he added. There's still long, a long way to go to get inflation down to 2%. This is the second time in a row the Fed held interest rates steady following 11 rate hikes, including four earlier this year. Legendary college basketball coach Bobby Knight has died at the age of 83. Indiana University confirmed the news yesterday afternoon. Knight won three national titles at Indiana in more than 900 games over the span of his career. And the Texas Rangers are World Series champions for the first time in franchise history. Texas defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 5 to nothing yesterday in Game 5 of the Fall Classic in Phoenix. Corey Seager finished with two hits in the win and was named World Series MVP. Congratulations to all the uh, Rangers fans out there. It has been a very, very long time coming. Yes, indeed. So, uh... Like... Like never before. Never before. Never before has this, has this ever happened. Wow. So congratulations. Um, I'm sure that anybody who stayed up to watch the Rangers World Series <laughs> victory is probably not awake yet to hear me say this. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I liked their uniforms better. So. Oh, well, Annie's cheering for it's the about, That was about where... Where I was in this series, I am no, no, sad the, the that black baseball Arizona was batting over. helmets with like the matte black. Okay, yeah, that's the, uh, true. That is, yeah, like the little snake the design up halfway up the A. Like that's a cool look. I just I like the cursive logos across the uniform. That's where, it, and Texas has you know a couple that I don't like, but those uniforms that kind of look like the Dodgers. 
uniforms, which I think are the best uniforms in baseball. Uh, we're going to have some arguments here. You think so? I think we need to shut down this conversation. Okay, well, yeah, I got more important things to talk about anyway. Today is All Souls Day, Thursday, November the 2nd. It's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mother. Admal Tosanos. <clears throat> Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Robert Nixon. He is a Benedictine monk at New Norcia in Australia and translator of the Tan Resurrection series. We are going through St. Albert the Great's Paradise of the Soul. Father, welcome back. Thank you, Eddie. It's wonderful to be with you today. It is wonderful to have you. And today we are going to unpack St. Albert's reflections on the virtue of poverty of spirit. And this is, of course, one that we hear in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And Father, I have to say, I have never heard anyone give a real definition of what poverty of spirit is. So I was very grateful to have that right at the beginning here with St. Albert. Can you discuss that? Um, Yes. So he talks about this spirit, poverty of spirit, um, means to be ready to leave all things freely for the sake of God and to possess nothing beyond the necessities of life. Um, This charism of poverty extends to being willing to go without things which are necessary at certain times for the love of God. And I think this is so important in poverty of spirit. Poverty of spirit just doesn't mean that you happen to be poor for whatever reason, but it means that it is something which is consciously embraced. There's this willingness to go without things for the sake of the love of God, and and I think the fact that it's done for the love of God is the key thing here in what makes this genuine poverty of spirit, which is spoken of in the Beatitudes. Well, yeah, I mean, this reminds me of, say, the purpose of fasting or almsgiving, this sort of emptiness, but it's not emptiness for emptiness sake. I mean, the Lord doesn't want us to be hungry just to be hungry. He wants us to be hungry for him. And so to be poor in spirit, to to be willing to embrace physical poverty has to be for a purpose. Exactly, exactly. And of course, we know that poverty in itself um, is not a good thing. Of course, the church does all it can to alleviate poverty. And this is one of the most important um, aspects of, of any society, that poverty shouldn't be widespread. But poverty of spirit is this uh, detachment, this willingness to give up certain things for the love of God. And, and you know, no matter who we are, whatever our situation is in life, from time to time we do have to give up things for the love of God and for the service of our fellow men, of, of family members and so forth, that we need to be ready to deny ourselves sometime for the love of God and, and the love of our neighbor. Well, this is what the religious do, right? This is one of the vows, vow of poverty, chastity, and exactly. obedience. E- exactly, you know, and um, I think St. Albert is really putting that into the proper perspective for his Dominican brothers, what it really means to take on this spirit of poverty, that it's not simply not to have enough, but rather it's this willingness, this joyful willingness to give all. That's God. 
Father, can you talk about the the three considerations that St. Albert has when it comes to cultivating yeah. poverty? Um, so he, he shares with us these three very important considerations. Firstly, that this detachment uh, for the sake of God is very pleasing to God. And if you think about it, it's, it's an expression of love. Um, if we think about a person who loves us, a sign of the genuineness of that love is that they're prepared uh, to give up things. And, and God also recognizes this poverty as an expression of love. Um, the next consideration is that Jesus took upon this life of poverty himself. So through his earthly life, the Son of God um, showed us what it means to be a fully realized human being. And, and he chose not to live as a rich person in materially secure circumstances, but rather to give himself over to the providence of God and also to trust in the generosity of his disciples, which he did. So he consecrated the life of poverty and showed us that it's compatible with the life of, of human fullness and human flourishing. Um, and then we're told also about this preferential treatment which Christ gave to the poor in his own ministry. The fact, for example, that he had chose apostles um, from amongst fishermen, from not, not from amongst the, the wealthy and the elite, but from people who, who had lived up to then relatively humble lives. So all of these things show us, um, through the example of the life of Christ, that poverty um, is is something with, with our spiritual flourishing and can also be a wonderful expression of our love for God. And he writes, an indication of a genuine spirit of evangelic poverty is to have no concern for transitory things, but to commit oneself entirely to the care of God with confidence and simplicity. I'm wondering, Indeed. Father, is it... Is it possible to have a spirit of poverty while also being materially wealthy, or is, is it, or are we kidding ourselves when we when we think like, oh, I'm yeah, I have this spirit of evangelic poverty. Is I don't I don't care about the transitory things I have, but I have them. <laughs> yes, um, well, I guess Eddie, in in such cases, it would call one for careful discernment, because mm -hmm. sometimes we can very easily imagine that we have a spirit of poverty um, and detachment and trust in providence, when the reality is we've got nothing poor. But, you know, I think it is possible to have this spirit of poverty, because from time to time we're called to give up things, to go without things. It doesn't matter how rich we are. This person in the world sometimes, you know, is poor in time maybe doesn't have the opportunities to, to rest, to do whatever they want. So that there's different forms of poverty that people take on, and they're not necessarily material poverty. Um, and this, this trust in the providence of God, I think, is so key, um, because it extends not just to our own well-being, but also the well-being of, of our children, our relatives, our loved ones, and so forth. So I think there's no conflict, there's no impossibility between having poverty of spirit 
while at the same time being materially prosperous. And we know that from the example of the many um, wealthy disciples who are mentioned also in the course of the gospel. Yeah, the women in Luke chapter 8, for instance. So um, I love how St. Albert then goes on to give us an example from nature, of course, knowing that he is the universal (laughs) doctor and was a scientist himself. Uh, I love that we have a biological example here. Yes. He gives us this fascinating example, and it was something I didn't know about. But apparently, um, sometimes baby crows come out being white instead of black. And when that happens, the parents abandon them. They cast them out of the nest. Um, But he says that somehow these white crow chicks are provided for by nature. Somehow they get enough nourishment from, from what comes along through through dewfall and through flies and so forth and they survive so i think this is quite remarkable it is it is and a good lesson for us all because as jesus says you know we are worth more than many sparrows many crows in this instance and uh really and god looks after us indeed amen to that you can read more about it in The Paradise of the Soul by St. Albert the Great, translated by Father Robert Nixon. Father, thank you. Thank you very much, Annie. God bless you and God bless all your listeners today. Thank you, Father, you too. And of course, you can find all of our guests linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Click that subscribe button, get it in your inbox every day. 17 past, we got headlines coming up next. Support is for MetaShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MetaShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MetaShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MetaShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Dive deeper into your faith as renowned speakers examine pressing issues facing Catholics today. EWTN takes you to Napa, California for a special two-day event. Oh, God has his way. God has his providence. The whole point of the Christian life is love. Love of God and the love of everybody. The annual Napa Institute Conference, beginning Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on EWTN-TV. 19 minutes past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. Pope Francis has prayed for all the faithful departed celebrating Mass today at the Rome War Cemetery. 
The Holy Father yesterday released a new motu proprio to update the statutes of the Pontifical Academy of Theology. And nearly half of all Ukrainians, experts are saying, are in need of humanitarian aid today. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Uh, Anna Mitchell, um, just briefly looking at the second reading from Mass today. You know, Mm -hmm. I was baptized a handful of times. Uh, We always understood it as being kind of like this way that you who are already a Christian by virtue of praying a prayer to ask Jesus into your heart could then like show people you were serious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but scripture, what scripture says about bapt- baptism is... You were only baptized once. The other ones... Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I get it. Don't I muddy the wanna... baptismal waters here. But we would not have said what Paul says in Romans 6 today. We who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Yeah. Indeed, bear with him through baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. It's incredible. That's what the Bible actually says about baptism. It's 21 past. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. The Catholic Church teaches the importance of a respectful Christian burial for the body, which was a temple of the Holy Spirit here on earth. This includes cremated remains, which is the body in a different form. The prayerful, peaceful atmosphere of the consecrated grounds of Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery reflect respect for those laid to rest there and for their loved ones. Be prepared and give the gift of peace of mind to your family. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500, 513-248-3500. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Jeffrey Morrow. He is one of the contributors to a Catholic guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press, which you can find linked at sunrisemorningshow.com or go to ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament to pick up your copy to continue in this Old Testament Bible study along with us. Dr. Morrow, welcome back. It's great to be here. It is great to have you. And we are talking about the book of Judith today. So who is Judith? Tell us her story. 
Okay, so Judith is depicted as a faithful Israelite woman um, who loses her husband, and so she becomes a widow and mourns his loss. And the the enemies of God come in and take over, and so she defends the people um, in a very kind of colorful way. So that's basically the, the basic plot of the story. Colorful way. I like how you put that. <laughs> uh, we'll get to one of those key events here uh, in just a second. But this is this is one book that, that Protestants don't have the pleasure of getting to read in their Bibles. Is that right? That is correct. Judith is one of the seven deuterocanonical texts that's not in most Protestant Bibles. And Luther, although he did not believe it was inspired by God, thought every Christian should read Judith. He really loved Judith. Yeah, well, it's a great story. That is for sure. But um, can you talk about the, I guess you could call them historical errors that we get in this book and what the church has had to say about them? Yeah, I wouldn't actually go, I wouldn't call them historical errors, but they're okay. very clear, they're very clear passages, in fact, most of it, that does not fit history very well, including biblical history. In fact, so poorly does it fit that that nobody would have been confused. So this is where the question is, what is Judith? And so um, Protestant scholars will sometimes say it's just bad fiction. But it's written for a Jewish audience that would know these histories. You know, so you have King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Assyrians. But everybody who knows the Bible, especially a Jewish before the time of Jesus, would know that Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Technically speaking, for a very short time, he was actually known as Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Babylonians and the king of the Assyrians, because he, he took over the Assyrian Empire. He destroyed mm-hmm. them. But that's not enough to explain what's going on here, because... The entire plot is after the exile, when the temple was rebuilt. And Nebuchadnezzar, the real Nebuchadnezzar is long dead, and everybody knows that. So anybody reading this text would already know this is not talking about the Nebuchadnezzar and the Assyrians. The question is, really, is this a parable of sorts that's trying to teach a moral lesson, or, or um, is this like a, a, a symbol system, almost like an allegory, of a contemporary situation that's too dangerous and live to kind of identify the figures with the real figures. And I think um, both of those are real possibilities. It's just not quite clear. It'd be kind of like saying, you know, Osama bin Laden, the head of the Nazi party, or oh, in sure. the 80s when I grew up, right, uh, Adolf Hitler, the head of the Soviet Union. You're kind of <sighs> like, well, wait, something's going on here. And I think that's more like what's going on in the text as we have it. Very, very interesting. So why don't you take us through uh, the narrative here? What sure. are the, the key events that we need to know from the book of Judith? Well, the big, the big thing that's going on is it rewalks through salvation history. Whoever wrote this knows the Torah very well. They know the history of Israel, the people, the conquest of the land. And what they're doing is they're envisioning a figure, and here they'll say King Nebuchadnezzar, who was kind of the worst enemy of Old Testament Israel, as head of the Assyrians, kind of the worst empire of Old Testament Israel's time. And he's basically taking over the entire region. My own theory on this, we don't talk about this much in the book, uh, but my own tentative theory is this is probably dealing with the Greeks. This is probably dealing with Antiochus Epiphanes or something like that. They're stand-in figures, but we don't really know that. Because a lot of the places they're mentioning, we don't know if they ever existed. There's a lot of historical things that we're just not sure what's going on here. And the key figure, Judith, whom the Church Fathers saw as a real historical figure, a saintly woman, is basically going to lead her people. So Nebuchadnezzar's general, Holofernes, comes into the region of Judea and takes the whole place over. They cut off the water, they cut off the food, 
And Israel, the remnant, is in a plight because they have their temple, the second temple that's rebuilt. Um, so this is at least during the Persian period, whenever this takes place, at the very minimum. And they're not sure what to do. So Judah says, well, I'm going to trick Nebuchadnezzar. And this, to me, this is the tricky part, is, is it's not the historical part, it's the moral question, which St. Thomas Aquinas will address in detail, because she kind of lies. She doesn't just deceive the king. She lies to him, which Aquinas would say, obviously, is simple. And then she's able to save her people through that. And what St. Thomas Aquinas says is she's not held out because of the deception. Rather, she's held forward as a model because of her fidelity to God and her being used by God to help the faithful people defeat the enemies. And so she fits into a typology here then. Yes, very much. In fact, so they often will read her as a new Mary. And I think the big, for me, when I, um, when I read this book, the biggest thing that I think of when I think of how she's praised and what happens later is uh, the wedding at Cana, to be quite honest, even though it doesn't seem at first glance they, they relate, is that, you know, the wedding at Cana, uh, Our Lady inst- instigates the miracle. She initiates it. Wow. And because of that great miracle that God steps in through her intervention, the disciples come to faith in our Lord through his first miracle. Wow. Something similar happened here. God uses Judas to defeat Holofernes, despite all the odds, and it brings the people to faith in God. Wow. So you have even the Moabites and the Ammonites, they come to faith, some of them come to faith in the one God through her actions. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while, the wedding at Cana and the slicing off of the head of Holofernes. I love it, Dr. Morrow. You can read more about the book of Judith in A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press. Ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament is where you can find it and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Morrow, thank you. Thank you. You bet. And you can find all of our guests linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. Click on the show notes for today. Click the subscribe button so that you are on the email list to receive them in your inbox. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Pope Francis today has prayed for all the faithful departed, celebrating All Souls Day Mass at the Rome Cemetery. During his special Angelus address for the Solemnity of All Saints yesterday, the Holy Father said, quote, Let us continue to pray for those who are suffering from today's wars. Let us not forget martyred Ukraine. Let us not forget Palestine. Let us not forget Israel. Let us not forget so many other regions where war still persists, end quote. The Holy Father gave an interview to Italian media yesterday and said a two-state solution is the way to end wars like the one raging between Israel and, and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. The Pope said the Pope also called for Jerusalem to be given a special status. He pointed to the 1993 Oslo Accords, which established limited Palestinian autonomy and called for a two for two well-defined states. As for Jerusalem, Israel captured the eastern Arab-controlled part of the city in 1967 and 13 years later declared it Israel's united and eternal capital. Many Palestinians want to see the eastern part of the city as the capital of a future Palestinian state. So the war between Israel and Hamas continues. Mark Mayfield reports. The evacuations of people from the Gaza Strip have begun through a border crossing into Egypt. Injured civilians are among those heading into the country, as well as hundreds of foreign passport holders, including Americans. Over 1,400 Israelis and 8,800 Palestinians have died so far in the conflict. 
On Tuesday, Israel said it killed a senior Hamas commander while conducting a strike on a refugee camp. A local hospital in Gaza said dozens were killed in the strike and hundreds were injured. I'm Mark Mayfield. Back to the Holy Father's special Angelus address yesterday on the Solemnity of All Saints. He reflected on the saints and focused on the universal call to holiness. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Pope Francis explained how the gift of holiness has come with our baptism and we need to nurture it so that it can grow and transform our lives. The saints started out like us, the Pope pointed out, receiving the same gift we've received and they are our friends who are very close to us, accompanying us on our journey. The Pope noted that we've certainly encountered some saints in our daily lives a just person who lives out the Christian vocation with commitment and simplicity, people he likes to call the saints next door. And holiness, he said, is a gift offered to all for a happy life. He said when we receive a gift, what is our first reaction? It's precisely that we're happy because it means that someone loves us. And the gift of holiness makes us happy because God loves us. La santità è un dono offerto a tutti. As with any gift, when we choose to accept it and show our gratitude, the Pope explained, when we welcome God's gift of holiness, we take on a responsibility to maintain and build up on the holiness we've received. He then explained that holiness is also a journey, a journey to be made together, helping each other, united with those excellent companions who are the saints. Pope emphasized how the saints are our elder brothers and sisters on whom we can always count, as they can help us when we make mistakes and get us on the right path again. Their lives and witness to faith provide us with inspiration, the Pope said, and in their prayers we receive help, and united with them we embrace one another in a bond of brotherly love. I'm Thaddeus Jones. The Federal Reserve is leaving interest rates unchanged for now. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the central bank will continue to track inflation and the health of the economy, adding there's still a long way to get inflation down to 2%. Toyota is announcing they will increase wages after the United Auto Workers and the Detroit Big Three automakers reached tentative agreements. Trey Thomas reports. Toyota says they are not releasing the details of the increases publicly, but a flyer circulating on social media showed the company was introducing a 2% wage increase for top paid production workers and a quarter of a percentage increase for top paid skilled trade workers with wages increasing around 9% starting in January. I'm Trey Thomas. The Texas Rangers are World Series champions for the first time in franchise history defeating the Arizona Diamondbacks five to nothing last night in game five. It's 35 past the hour. The International Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima will be in Greater Cincinnati from November 4th through the 21st. To find out what parishes and hours you can visit to pray for peace in our world, visit sacredheartradio.com slash events. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com skpha.com. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. 
Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this All Souls Day, Thursday, November the 2nd. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Got a bit of a warm-up coming today for those of you visiting cemeteries. That'll be nice. It's cold right now, though, with temperatures in the upper 30s, lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, sunny skies today and a high of 52. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34. Mostly sunny and breezy tomorrow with a high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, lots of sunshine today and a high of 52. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 34. Sunny to start the day tomorrow, then increasing clouds in the afternoon and high tomorrow of 58 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Thanks for joining us here on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're joined now by Emily Malloy. She is author of Theology of the Home for Arranging the Seasons. Emily, welcome to the show. It is such a joy to be here with you this morning. It is a joy to have you. First off, just give us an overview of this book. Absolutely. So as you had said, I wrote Theology of Home for Arranging the Seasons. And really in the book, it's a journey through the garden in the course of a year. And although I write in some practical tips on arranging flowers, the heart of the book is really about the immaterial and how we can look to the garden and acknowledge our beginning in the garden, right? We are made to reside with the Lord in the garden. And so because of this, we are built with this intrinsic need for beauty. So it's, it's a journey through the year, um, calling to mind the seasons and with that at the heart. An intrinsic need for beauty, uh, an intrinsic need for natural beauty. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are going to be talking about All Souls Day today. Of course, this is a day that many plan to visit a cemetery, visit the graves of, of their loved ones who have gone before us. What are your memories of doing this, Emily? Well, you know, All Souls Day is such a sacred time and All Saints Day, but in a particular way, there is something so much more tangible, I think, for us for All Souls Day. And we call to mind at this time just that rich influence that has been made possible to us because of our beloved dead um, and as a house is home only because of the people in it um, you know then the graves become an extension of our home in this way and we extend those acts of love out to the graves as an extension of our own home and in my childhood it, my mother would decorate the graves of um, our, our loved ones and it was extremely impressionable and informative um, to just how I looked at the whole concept of, of our dead and how it is an extension of ourselves in those cemeteries. Just um, that's our home as well. Yeah, that's so beautifully put. Now, we as Catholics, I hope, understand the importance of praying for the souls of the faithful departed. But 
you know, we can do that from anywhere, Emily. So do you think that doing it at graves, though, at their grave site holds a, a special meaning? Maybe not for our loved ones necessarily, but but for us who are visiting the grave and praying there. Absolutely. I think it serves as a memento mori in a lot of ways, right? Um, But also in that same way of this resting place, right, Um, of this, it's really an act of faith if you think about it, right? Because, you know, we look to the the end and, you know, in God's mercy about this, you know, this reunification. So I think that tangible reality that we see in nature and all that we do is super important and, and affects how we live out our daily lives. So I if you, I know sometimes we move away from our loved ones um, and where their final resting place, but I would argue that it's worth the effort to at least make a pilgrimage to go be um, at the graveside of your loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely a pilgrimage when you're going to holy ground, such as a cemetery. Uh, why do you think it's fitting that we bring flowers to graves? Well, in that same way that, um, it's an extension of our homes, an extension of ourselves, and, and this intrinsic need that we have for beauty, but also that flowers in themselves are just the simplest way of communicating love, of um, taking part in, in God's natural beauty and his creation and kind of, you know, all the flowers that are a gift to us, you know, as we work with them, it becomes sort of a gift back to the Father. And I think it is just a beautiful outward expression of something that we feel internally. Now, you've had some beautiful reflections here, Emily, but the real reason why I brought you on the Sunrise Morning Show today is for a little verbal tutorial of how to put together a bouquet. Because, I mean, you could always go to the grocery store, the florist, and and buy one that's been already made up. But there's something to making it yourself, don't you think? Absolutely. And because it's an act of love and there's something so beautiful, we're created in the image and likeness of God who is the creator, right? So there is just um, a personal joy we can receive in creating. But also, as I had mentioned, it's just that that outward um, display of love. Um, But as you had mentioned, making a a bouquet is super simple. Um, I mention it in my book, but I will kind of give a simple rundown here. And so the phrase I typically use when I talk about this is like a recipe. And if you have that recipe, you can arrange just about anything. And so I always begin with taking greens. And all you have to do is go outside your back door and there is just a plethora of greens that you can take from evergreen or boxwood, um, magnolia leaves. The possibilities are endless. So you take a few branches of that and you kind of arrange them to, to create a shape, and that is really going to um, form where you're going to place your other flowers. So to keep it super simple, then I would say, then you go next to your filler flowers, which tend to be like branchier stems, if you could think of asters or spray roses that have multiple little flowers on, on a branchy stem, and you kind of place that into out. And then um, finally, at the very end, you fill out those big gaps with sort of your large-headed blooms or your focal flowers. And if you think this time of year, chrysanthemums, uh, hydrangea, you can even do roses, depending on what's blooming in your garden. And then, you know, to kind of tie it off, um, you can use a rubber band or kitchen twine, anything like that. And if you feel so inclined to just kind of give it um, more of that really um, beautiful look, you can either get wrapping paper or craft paper, 
and wrap the bouquet in that, and it just ends up being a really sweet little display of love. Nice. And uh, if you pick up Theology of the Home for Arranging the Seasons, there is a picture tutorial in there that is just beautiful. I also saw there's one on making boutonnieres as well, which I thought was very helpful. Um, You mentioned a few. What are some good fall flowers to use to take to graves on All Souls Day? Absolutely. There are, it's, you know, the garden is getting ready to go to sleep, right? Yeah. Um, depending on where you live, toward the end, you know, in, in November, I am in the deep south, so sometimes um, camellias are starting to wake up a little bit now. But uh, lots of mums, lots of asters, there's goldenrod. You can even use herbs. I love using herbs. Mm, um, nice. You think of rosemary stems, and they're beautifully fragrant. Um, flower, uh, roses are kind of giving their one last little display before um, receding into sleep right now and hydrangeas some of them are still showing their color and some are starting to uh, dry and fade into the beautiful dried colors um, so there's still so much to be had that's awesome thank you so much emily malloy you can find theology of the home for arranging the seasons linked at sunrise com. hope you can make some bouquets and Head out to the grave sites of, of loved ones or just go to a cemetery and uh, lay some flowers on some graves that don't have any. Great act, spiritual act of mercy today on this All Souls Day. We got our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast, coming up next to uh, start a, a little mini series as we are approaching the holiday season um, to talk about grief and uh, how to accept grief how to accept the loss of loved ones coming up next it's quarter till it's not over unplanned pregnancies still happen i'm marianne kuharski director of pro-life across america in my 30 plus years i've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. Hi, this is Mike Aquilino with a few words about St. Augustine. St. Augustine's achievement was monumental. He invented the genre of autobiography. He wrote classic foundational texts on morals, the theology of the Trinity, the theology of history, the interpretation of scripture, and many other subjects. He negotiated or argued several major heresies into non-existence. The Catechism cites St. Augustine more often than any other writer outside the Bible. 
Later today on More to Life, Family Feud. Family troubles will help you create a more peaceful family life. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Survey says it's time for headlines. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this month of hearing uh, More to Life because Lisa, Lisa always has... Yeah. He's like tossing. It's always some kind of it's always something pop culture reference. It's going to be good. Pope Francis has prayed for all the faithful departed today, celebrating Mass for All Souls Day at the Rome War Cemetery. The Holy Father gave an interview to Italian media yesterday, asserting that a two-state solution, he says, is the way to end wars, like the one raging between Israel and Hamas. And the Federal Reserve has announced they are leaving interest rates unchanged for now. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, a licensed counselor, former seminary instructor as well. And we are in the month dedicated to all souls, right, the holy souls in purgatory. And... That kind of leads into Thanksgiving and Christmas and some of those times when we tend to miss people, especially those who are, for the first time, not going to be with us for Thanksgiving or Christmas or the rest of it. Kevin, good morning. Hey, Matt. Good to be with you on the Feast of All Souls. Yeah, let's talk about uh, grief. And, you know, there are a lot of different ways that that people kind of address this in platitudes, but you are a professional. (laughs) So I'd like to tap into some of your expertise and maybe start this conversation off on kind of a more practical uh, and Mm -hmm. straightforward level. Yeah, Matt. So so one of the things like that's interesting you say that because I'm a professional and uh, in our culture right now, people who are grieving who lost a loved one tend to want to go to their doctor and to their therapist. It's very interesting. So in our culture, a lot of other people have said this, we've lost the rituals and the understanding of death. Like death is a part of life, not necessarily one that we look forward to, uh, but that we're kind of wired to be able to deal with this. And we have a tradition, certainly in the Catholic faith, of some tools. Uh, so, so that would be the first thing I would say is that uh, grief in itself, it's not a mental health disorder. So it's kind of a normal part of life that's difficult and painful. Uh, and and I'll, I'll share a couple of things that come up all the time uh, in terms of helping people through this. And, and grief is not necessarily depression. We'll talk about that as, as we go forward. So the first thing that almost no one that comes in to me to talk about grief has ever heard anybody say is that the timeline of grief is much longer than what our culture wants us to do. So, you know, the funeral's over, people have stopped dropping off, uh, you know, dishes for you to eat after your loved one died. No one's really calling, they've moved on with their life. And then a month later, people are saying, well, you, you must be feeling better now, you're kind of over it. And at that point, you know, a month after a very close person has died, we're still in shock. And, and one of the tasks of grief that, that we talk about is just accepting the reality of the loss. And that takes time. Our culture doesn't believe that. So here's a quote from a very famous uh, psychologist who's done a lot in grief. He says, in the loss of a close relationship, I would be suspicious of any adequate resolution that takes under a year. For many people, two years is not too long. We don't really hear that too much now in our faith and in some other cultures, 
where, you know, I've taught students from Africa where a month out there's a, a memorial service and everybody gathers again on the year anniversary, on the person's birthday. And we tend not to do that in our culture. So that's the first thing. It's going to take time. And it's not a linear straight shot so that I think the problem with stage theory, the stages of grief that everybody knows, it's a, it's a good theory in some ways and it helps, but it's 50 years old and we've kind of moved beyond that at this point, most of us in my field. And the problem with that is it makes it seem like I go through this stage, this stage, all the five stages, and then I'll be fine. And so if somebody is a month out and you know, you're feeling this mixture of feelings. So if grief really actually does come in waves, so that it means a lot of our listeners have seen this happen at a, at a, I go to a fair number of funerals these days. So at a funeral, you know, people are crying and then you go up and talk to the relatives, uh, uh, the close people. And there might be a moment where somebody tells a story and people are at the funeral home with the body there for the layout and somebody's laughing, right? Now, is that is that morbid or is that that's kind of who we are as human beings? Like there's good and bad together. We alternate. And just knowing that, that this is totally normal to go through this. Yeah. And then the accept. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, and, and also we're not robots, right? You can't program <clears throat> a person mm -hmm. to respond a certain way in certain situations. I mean, I am sure this has happened to you and happened to me a number of times mm -hmm. where you think you're doing all right uh, for three or four weeks, and then some song will come on the radio, right? Or <laughs> some, right. Some, something weird. You'll smell something that like reminds you of somebody, or like it's it. You can't really predict those things, and you can't. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's just a you're a human being, right? Not That's a robot. Right. right. And when we watch uh, infants and toddlers, so if mom goes out of the room. You know, what do, what do they do? They search for their parent. They want that comfort. And that's what we do. So we might think that we hear our loved one's voice. Uh, we think of something. I think of this with my best friend who passed away. Boy, I need to tell uh, Roy about that. And then I'll, it'll take me a second, even though he's yeah. been gone for a little while. Or I can't, I can't erase his uh, phone number from my from myself. Is that abnormal or is that just part, like it takes a while to accept the loss, Right. And then there's certain kinds of losses that are more difficult. So if there's a sudden loss, if there's a preventable loss, uh, something we didn't see coming, or maybe we blame somebody for it. Uh, so that can complicate just accepting the fact that somebody's gone. Uh, one of the, the where where does this get stuck? So we're talking about normal grief that goes on, but I you know I've dealt with a number of people over the years, and there's one older lady that uh, she was. Uh, divorced and had one daughter who was uh, actually unfortunately was killed on her way home from prom her senior year. So she was 17. And when I met her, when I met the mom, it was 10 years later and her daughter's room was exactly the way it was when her daughter left that night. And she would go into her daughter's room and sit on the bedside and cry and look at pictures of her daughter and be uh, just inconsolate. So that's not that's not what we're talking about here with normal. Like some of that, like we don't want to throw our beloved's books out, their clothes. We don't want to move out of the house. We want to leave things as they are at the beginning. That makes a lot of sense, even over that first year or more. But 10 years on, that that's when it starts to get. So most people, that's the good message. Most people will get through grief uh, by, by listening to some of these uh, principles, but that there's a small portion of people, like we've talked in other segments, who really get stuck because of the way the person died, 
where there is a conflictual relationship. We'll talk more about that next time. And so that's when we need more professional help and to talk. And we can use our faith, right? So that's what I started out with, Matt, that we tend to go to the mental health professionals to help us with our, our grief. Sometimes that's good. We actually want to talk to somebody that's experienced grief in their own life, whether that's a mental health professional, uh, a priest, uh, a friend of ours, somebody in the family, and that it's hard, it's painful, and we can bring that pain to God and, and just ask God to help us to have the courage to go through and not to give up or to believe that death's the end of everything. Uh, that's well, where our faith really comes in. Yeah, and our faith I'm so grateful for for so many reasons. I've been to lots and lots of funerals over the years where... You know, people kind of just make up the service as they go, or if it's a person mm-hmm. where there wasn't a lot of faith involved, and people aren't really sure what to say, and the church just has this sort of thing that it's got, right? <laughs> That's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's this structure, it's this comfort, it's this, you know, steering us in the right direction. And even at every Mass, right, we remember mm-hmm. these people in our prayers. Right. Uh, yeah. So the church is very keyed in on helping us to understand that we are a family, and it hurts to lose people, but mm-hmm. um, there are things beyond what we can see. Kevin Prendergast, thank you so much as always. Have a great day. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for many of you listening across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It is 3 till. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, when Jennifer Schack will discuss the vandalism at Catholic churches over Issue 1. Dr. Jennifer Robat-Morris will share the latest information from the Ruth Institute. I will explain the meaning of All Souls Day, plus frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Many times the death of a loved one occurs while they are away from home. Depending on the distance, this expense could cost their family tens of thousands of dollars. To help families, the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society offers the Travel Plan, which assists in bringing home a loved one if death occurs more than 100 miles from their residence. A reasonable one-time fee provides a lifetime of coverage. 
Find out more about the travel plan at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. I'm Father Chet Artashevitz of the Glen Mary Home Missioners, and thank you so much for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Thursday, the 2nd of November, the commemoration of all the faithful departed, also known as All Souls Day. Let's pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, raise up our beloved dead. We pray for all whom we have loved in life. We pray for all the dead of our parish. We pray for all the dead among those who have caused us harm. We pray for all the dead whom no one remembers in prayer. O God, in the death of your only Son, you gave life to the world. Raise up in joy all who have died in peace or in terror, in confidence or in uncertainty. Through the mercy you have shown us in Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. And glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. That is our Christian hope. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on a Thursday. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Dr. John Bergsma is continuing our series on Love Basics for Catholics. That's a book he wrote about the theme of love as it goes through the scriptures. Rita Heikenfeld will join us for Bible Foods. Gary Machuda has more thoughts on... Uh, why we can trust the reliability of the Gospels. And then Courtney Brown is going to continue our series, helping us to understand and help our kids understand theology of the body, beginning at ages before we're able to have any of like the really intense conversations. So he's going to talk about some principles to help first graders with this morning. Right now, though, it is two minutes past the hour. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Pope Francis has prayed for all the faithful departed, celebrating Mass for All Souls Day today at the Rome War Cemetery. During a special Angelus address for the Solemnity of All Saints yesterday, the Holy Father said, quote, Let us continue to pray for those who are suffering from today's wars. Let us not forget martyred Ukraine. Let us not forget Palestine. Let us not forget Israel. Let us not forget so many other regions where war still persists. End quote. The Holy Father gave an interview to Italian media yesterday saying a two-state solution is the way to end wars like the one raging between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. The Pope also called for Jerusalem to be given a special status. The Holy Father pointed to the 1993 Oslo Accords, which established limited Palestinian autonomy and called for two well-defined states. Nearly half of Ukrainians are in need of humanitarian aid. 
Mark Mayfield reports. A United Nations official speaking before the Security Council said that millions in the nation need help having their basic needs met. UN Humanitarian Director Ramesh Rajasingham said the war, which has stretched on for 20 months, has killed thousands of civilians and left Ukrainians with unimaginable levels of suffering and horrendous humanitarian consequences. He added that the upcoming winter will only increase the problems for the already 18 million in need. I'm Mark Mayfield. Toyota is announcing they will be increasing wages after the United Auto Workers and the Detroit Big Three automakers reach tentative agreements. Toyota says they're not releasing the details of the increases publicly. The Federal Reserve is leaving interest rates unchanged for now. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the central bank will continue to track inflation and the health of the economy. He added there is still a long way to go to get inflation down to 2%. Pope Francis yesterday released a new motu proprio to update the statutes of the Pontifical Academy of Theology. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. In the motu proprio, the Pope says that it is time to revise the norms that regulate the Academy's activities to make them more suited to the mission that our times impose on theology. What is needed is a fundamentally contextual theology, writes Pope Francis, capable of reading and interpreting the gospel in the conditions in which men and women live daily in different geographical, social, and cultural environments. In the letter, the Pope also calls for theology to engage openly with all believers and non-believers alike and for it to take on a pastoral stamp addressing the open wounds of humanity and of creation. I'm Christopher Wells. The FDA says more eye drops are being recalled. Yesterday, the Ohio-headquartered pharmaceutical company Cardinal Health announced it was recalling its rugby brand eye drops after it received reports of burning eyes, blurry vision, and vision loss. Earlier this week, the FDA warned against using 27 different brands of generic eye drops after inspectors discovered bacteria in the facility that made the products. The eye drops have since been pulled from store shelves. The Texas Rangers are the World Series champions for the first time in franchise history. Texas defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 5 to nothing yesterday in Game 5 of the Fall Classic in Phoenix. Corey Seager finished with two hits in the win and was named World Series MVP. And legendary college basketball coach Bobby Knight has died. He was 83 years old. Indiana University confirmed the news yesterday afternoon. Knight won three national titles at Indiana and more than 900 games over the span of his career. He began serving as head coach in 1965 at Army before taking the Indiana job in 1971. He would serve as the coach of the Hoosiers until 2000 and finished his career with Texas Tech, retiring from coaching in 2008. May he rest in peace. It was a big era for Indiana basketball Mm -hmm. because not only did you have the Bob Knight era, but that was around, you know, around that same time the movie Hoosiers came out. That's right. So, uh. I feel like we don't quote that one enough here on the air. So because I think I've Hoosiers only, more. I mean, I've seen Hoosiers a few times, but it wasn't one that, like, stuck with me. Oh, really? In the same way that, say... I take that back. I don't I know. Quote, uh, there is a Hoosiers quote that I quote. Uh, at one point, they're, uh, 
they're talking about uh, remote evils and immediate evils. And one of the coaching families, one of the one of the players' dads, gets up and says, "There's two kinds of dumb. There's the guy that gets drunk and gets naked and howls at the moon. Oh, that's second right. guy who does the same thing in my living room. First one don't matter much. Second one you're forced to deal with." I think about you that all the time. That. When, I, I you've talked about that on the I air. I think before. about it all the time because you know it, the, one of the temptations in like this whole world where you're just assaulted with tons and tons of information of all these horrible things happening all over the world, and, and there's nothing you can do about them. Yeah. But you have things in your life that you can actually do right there in your living. But if room. you get so distracted by those things out there, mm-hmm. then you don't give proper attention to the things that are right in front of you. Yeah, that you can actually do something about. I don't know if that story shows up in Father Weta's book on decision-making with the Desert Fathers, but it should. Maybe you should do a uh, companion book to Father Weta's using pop culture quotes instead of old monk stories. There would be plenty. You just have to have Father Weta write the advice on there. Yeah, his his is going to be way more entertaining than (laughs) anything I would come up with. Today is Thursday, November the 2nd. It is the commemoration of all the faithful departed, more popularly known as All Souls Day, when we pray for the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God. May they rest in peace. Amen. Also, happy birthday, Mom. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. John Bergsma. We've been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Anna. So, Doc, we are going to be talking about the maritable, the maritable, that is not a word, the marital imagery that is present in the crucifixion. Um, I know your bud, Dr. Brant Petrie, has called Good Friday Jesus's wedding day, which is just mind-blowing in, in so many ways when you when you put it that succinctly. And and as you talk about in the book here, uh, we get a little preview of this very point in John chapter 12 when Mary anoints Jesus at Bethany. Can you talk about that to kick us off? Yes. You know, Mary comes in John 12 with a jar of pure nard, and, of course, anoints Jesus with it. And we read that, and, well, you know, that's great, but what's the significance? Well, we need to look into the Old Testament. What is the significance of nard? And we find that it's always associated with romance in the times when it shows up in the Old Testament. In fact, it only shows up in the Old Testament in the great book of romance, which is the Song of Songs. And there, Nard is mentioned a couple of times as uh, this, you know, a romantic perfume or cologne that Solomon and his bride have, um, you know, anointed on their bodies. And so this jar of pure Nard just evokes the context of the Song of Songs. In fact, even a specific verse, Song 112, where it says, as the king reclined in his couch, my nard gave forth its fragrance. And that's precisely what we see there in John 12, is Jesus reclining on a couch at this dinner, and then Mary bringing this nard and opening it up, and John mentions that the whole house is filled with the fragrance because it was very pungent. 
and so what we're seeing here is Jesus being marked off, being being indicated as the ultimate bridegroom, the divine bridegroom, at the beginning of his passion, at the beginning of this process by which he's going to give his body to his bride. Yeah, it's interesting because you you mention all of this marital stuff, but he says this should be kept for my burial. Right, and that sounds counterintuitive. It's like, why save the rest of the nard for the burial? What is what does a wedding have to do with a funeral? But that's a clue that the true self giving, the true bridegroom action is really going to be connected to his burial, which he's building up to. And we just have a foretaste here at that banquet. Yeah. So now we get to the the process that is the passion process being probably not the operative word here. But nonetheless, um, you there's all kinds of marital imagery that we as Americans, anyway, most of us being Americans, probably would not recognize as marital imagery, including the crown of thorns. Sure, because the only mention of a crown of foliage that we have in Scripture is in Song 311, where it talks about um, the daughters of Zion being called to go forth and behold King Solomon crowned with the crown that his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, on the day of the gladness of his heart. And many scholars believe that that was a crown of flowers or vines that was bestowed on the son of David by his mother, significantly, uh, on his wedding day. And then we look at our Lord, and he's crowned, but it's like, what foliage do we give him? You know, what flowers do we give him to crown him? when he comes to give himself for us, and it turns out to be thorns. And what are thorns? We go all the way back to Genesis, and we recognize, oh my goodness, thorns are the result of our sin. They're like one of the few things in the whole, you know, ecological system that human beings can claim to be, well, we did that. (laughs) So we place the sign of our sin and our guilt on his head, and that's what we crown him with, ironically, uh, on the day, as you know, as Brand Petrie says, the day of his wedding, Good Friday. Wow. I have chills even just, like, <laughs> I just want to sit and ponder that for, for, wow, the thorns, yeah, as the result of the fall and crowning Jesus with them. Wow, wow, wow. Well, take us through the, the events of the crucifixion and, and just kind of point out the marital imagery as we go along here, Doc. Sure. Yeah, well, we have this episode that deserves a comment just briefly when John and Mary are at the foot of the cross and Jesus says, behold your son and behold your mother. That's the language of either a husband or a midwife in a birthing chamber, Mm. really. And there's a kind of spiritual birth there where John is the first son of the new Adam and the new Eve right there at the cross. And this has been picked up by many spiritual authors uh, over the centuries. And it even fulfills um, a line from Isaiah 66 that says about virgin daughter Zion, that uh, before her passion comes upon her, 
she will give birth to a son. And we see uh, Mary receiving a spiritual son in John, even before she goes through the real anguish of beholding her natural son, Jesus, dying. And so we see there the Blessed Mother as the new Eve and as the virgin daughter, Zion. And then Jesus says, I thirst. And we can't even, you know, think about that, Anna, without recalling that there's only one other place in the gospel where he expressed thirst, and that was back in John 4, where he asked for a drink from the Samaritan woman. And there we pointed out that it was a connection going all the way back to Genesis 24, where give me a drink was a pickup line (laughs) from Abraham's servant to determine who was the bride. And back there in Genesis 24, Rebecca responded so generously uh, with an offer to give the man a drink and water his camels. So what kind of generosity do we give to our bridegroom? Well, we fill a sponge full of wine vinegar and put it on a stalk, a hyssop, to his mouth. You know, poorest drink quality and the least possible. Think about what Jesus did for us in the Gospel of John when we were thirsty. He gave us six huge stone jars holding about 180 gallons of the finest French wine when we were thirsty at Cana. Think about the contrast between that. We're going to have to leave it on that point for now, but there is so much more to talk about when it comes to the crucifixion. I think it merits another segment, so uh, we'll hold it over to the next time we get together. In the meantime, we've got Love Basics for Catholics linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Bergsma, thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you next time. Sounds good. All right, it's 17 past. We're back with headlines right after this. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com franchise opportunities available. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. 
The most original Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. On Mother Angelica Answering the Call, Father Joseph and Doug Keck mind decades of phone calls answered by Mother Angelica. Mother dishes out teaching, advice, laughter, and plenty of prayers as she takes calls from her family. Mother Angelica Answering the Call, Sunday afternoon, 2 Eastern, on EWTN Radio. 19 minutes past the hour, here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis today celebrated Mass at the Rome War Cemetery for All Souls Day today. The Holy Father yesterday gave an interview to Italian media asserting that a two-state solution is the way to end wars like the one raging between Israel and Hamas. And Toyota is announcing a wage increase now after tentative agreements have been reached between the United Auto Workers and the Detroit Big Three automakers. Okay, I this is not where I expected my brain to go, but uh, oh, you know, I, I just wait. did a I put the episode up uh, earlier this week about you know me and a couple of other people who used to not be able to celebrate Halloween as as Christians, mm-hmm. you know, of an evangelical variety, and now realizing that the church goes through and finds. Uh, all these things where there's like a human instinct going on and it baptizes them, you mm-hmm. know, and like Christianizes them and says, here's the thing that you're really looking for, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of got this fulfillment in the church. And Bo Bonner turned the episode. He's like, sometimes people complain about Christians going and taking over these holidays and Christianizing them and baptizing them. And he's like, and if you don't watch out, we're going to get a Toyotathon too. Oh, that's right. I don't know how you would. How are you baptized Toyotathon? But- I love that Christians get criticized for baptizing holidays, and yet, like the secular culture has "quote unquote" Christians baptized pa- so many everything. Christian holidays. They baptized you and me for crying out loud. I know, right? It's Twenty-one minutes. Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated, stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. 
Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Sunrise Morning Show continues. Thank you for joining us on this commemoration of the faithful departed, All Souls Day. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com. It's time for Bible Foods. Rita, how are you? I'm good, and boy, this is, I always think of All Souls Day, beginning of the holiday season when we start getting our pantries ready for the big day. Well, the Thanksgiving holiday is coming up, and, you know, to me, it's so easy to connect this idea of All Souls Day with food, uh, you know, I have in, you know, my little shelf in my kitchen, I got a, a, a church cookbook from my grandmother, right? And I think you've probably got who knows how many scraps of paper from people who've gone on before. And, you know, those when you break out those old family recipes, it's a good reminder to, you know, kind of remember those people in prayer. Oh, yeah. Those, you know, those recipes, they call them cemetery um, holy recipes. And you're exactly right because they're usually hand and meaningful, too. And you know they work. Indeed they do. Otherwise, we wouldn't still have them around. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people preparing, hopefully a little bit in advance so Thanksgiving doesn't sneak up on them. And they'll be using a lot of familiar seasonal herbs and spices, some of which show up in the Bible. So share a couple of those with us. Yeah. Um, there, oh, my goodness. More than uh, quite a few. Um, uh, and some of these I'm going to use in this wonderful recipe for do-ahead uh, gravy that I share every year. Uh, bay tree, you think about bay, and um, the bay tree during biblical times, Matt, as you know, was a symbol of wickedness um, or even conversely distinction and wealth. And the Romans believed that if you, uh, that lightning never struck the bay tree, so sometimes they wore crowns of its leaves uh, during thunderstorms to protect themselves. But here's the deal about bay. Um, if you've got bay, dried bay in your uh, pantry, take a dried bay leaf before you use it. Just pour a little boiling water over it in a cup. Let it infuse for a minute and give it a sniff. If there's no aroma, there's no flavor, so you need to buy new bay leaves. All right, that's a great tip because I've never known exactly how to tell when those bay leaves are done. <laughs> yeah. Because you, know, you, you get them sometimes in, like, the big container. Uh, but sage is one that, I mean, it's hard for me to not think about sage when it's this time of year. I mean, sage makes a stuffing. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And it seems like everybody uses it. It's a lovely, really warming herb. And, you know, there's a passage in Exodus that talks about a golden lampstand with branches that extend out from the stem. And um, biblical scholars, Matt, believe that that passage uh, refers to sage. Um, And the reason is, if you look at the menorah, the lampstand, when there's a Judean sage plant, and if you press it flat, um, you can see the stem and then the uh, six, the three branches on either side. So that's likened to the banora. But then here's the deal about sage. Um, unlike a lot of different herbs, I think sage has a stronger flavor, fresh than dried. I don't know about you. So um, if I use uh, fresh sage, I use um, less, actually. So it's the one herb that most of us, as you said, use in stuffing uh, for our turkey. But go to taste on sage because usually dried herbs have a stronger flavor because the moisture's out. But to me, sage has a, a stronger flavor fresh. So what do you think about that? Well, I agree. And uh, one trick that I've done a couple times, I might do it again this year, is if I'm adding sage to like a stuffing and I'm one for like a really savory one, 
sometimes I will chop up the fresh sage and saute it in a little butter till it gets kind of crispy, and then I add it in. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it's amazing. No, what a good idea, because then that flavor really infuses, and it won't be so strong. Good idea. Good stuff. Speaking of which, by the way, I... Mm-hmm. I always pick more time than I use because I love just like, you know, stripping the stripping the stems, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the smell. Like the time is one that you can smell like a couple rooms away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it still grows wild um, in the hills of Jerusalem. And it was used by the Egyptians actually in embalming as well as flavoring for meats. And it's one of the herbs um, that is really integral to this do-ahead gravy recipe. All right, so let's get into this gravy recipe because this is the kind of thing that somebody could get started on now uh, and then, you know, be able to freeze it and then break it back out when it's time to use it. So tell us what's uh, what's in this. Yeah, and this this is really one of my favorite recipes, too. I'm just going to give general information. I'll have the exact recipe on my site. You're going to take some turkey wings. Uh, you're going to heat the oven to 400, and then in a big roasting pan, um, you're going to toss together some turkey wings, some onion, carrots, celery with a little bit of olive oil or oil, um, and then just toss those together. And then you're going to add uh, some thyme and a little bit of salt and pepper. And all you're going to do is roast until that turkey's golden brown and cooked through. And that takes about one and a half hours, one and a fourth hours. Then you're just going to remove the turkey and veggies. Um, and if there's any pan drippings, just strain those out and pour them in a measuring cup. And then you're going to take that roasting pan with all those good brown bits and just put it over the stove, the burners. And then you're going to either add some wine or chicken broth, um, and you're going to scrape up those brown bits, and you're going to pour that into the measuring cup with any pan juices. And then you won't have enough uh, to make four cups is, is what our goal is. So you're just going to add enough chicken broth to make four cups. That's about it. Um, that's your base. And then to make the gravy, you're going to melt some butter, um, and, you know, cook a little flour with it, and then gradually whisk in that four cups of very flavorful um, liquid. And I always put a bay leaf in there, too, and maybe a little more thyme. You just bring it to a boil um, until it's thick. Strain it out if you need to. Season it to taste. You can freeze it up to a month or refrigerate it up to a week. It's fabulous. And then be sure and add any drippings from your turkey if you got them. It sounds amazing. And, of course, it, it goes into this whole make-ahead idea, something you talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. If you do some smart prep, then when your guests are actually there, you're not running around like a crazy person like poor Martha. You get to spend some merry time with your guests. Yes. Yes. So. Good analogy. Well, Rita, we've got abouteating.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you again soon. Yep. We'll share more recipes next week. And, again, while you're at sunrisemorningshow.com, link, uh there's a link to uh, put in your email, and you can get show notes delivered to your inbox every day. Check it out, sunrisemorningshow.com. Subscribe. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. Good morning. Pope Francis has prayed for all the faithful departed, celebrating Mass today at the Rome War Cemetery on this All Souls Day. During his special Angelus address for the Solemnity of All Saints yesterday, the Holy Father said, quote, Let us continue to pray for those who are suffering from today's wars. Let us not forget martyred Ukraine. Let us not forget Palestine. Let us not forget Israel. Let us not forget so many other regions where war still persists, end quote. The Holy Father gave an interview to Italian media yesterday saying a two-state solution is the way to end wars like the one raging between Israel and Hamas. 
The Holy Father said the world is going through a very dark hour. And he said, quote, in war, one slap provokes another, one strong and the other even stronger. And so it goes on. War is a defeat. I felt it as one more defeat. Two peoples who must live together with that wise solution. Two peoples, two states, end quote. The the Pope pointed out the 1993 Oslo Accords, which established limited Palestinian autonomy and called for two well-defined states. The Holy Father also called for Jerusalem to be given a special status. The war between Israel and Hamas continues. Mark Mayfield reports. The evacuations of people from the Gaza Strip have begun through a border crossing into Egypt. Injured civilians are among those heading into the country, as well as hundreds of foreign passport holders, including Americans. Over 1,400 Israelis and 8,800 Palestinians have died so far in the conflict. On Tuesday, Israel said it killed a senior Hamas commander while conducting a strike on a refugee camp. A local hospital in Gaza said dozens were killed in the strike and hundreds were injured. I'm Mark Mayfield. Back to his special Angelus address yesterday in the catechesis, Pope Francis focused on the saints and the universal call to holiness. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Pope Francis explained how the gift of holiness has come with our baptism and we need to nurture it so that it can grow and transform our lives. The saints started out like us, the Pope pointed out, receiving the same gift we've received and they are our friends who are very close to us, accompanying us on our journey. The Pope noted that we've certainly encountered some saints in our daily lives. A just person who lives out the Christian vocation with commitment and simplicity. People he likes to call the saints next door. And holiness, he said, is a gift offered to all for a happy life. He said when we receive a gift, what is our first reaction? It's precisely that we're happy because it means that someone loves us. And the gift of holiness makes us happy because God loves us. La santità è un dono offerto a tutti. As with any gift, when we choose to accept it and show our gratitude, the Pope explained, when we welcome God's gift of holiness, we take on a responsibility to maintain and build up on the holiness we've received. He then explained that holiness is also a journey, a journey to be made together, helping each other, united with those excellent companions who are the saints. Pope emphasized how the saints are our elder brothers and sisters on whom we can always count, as they can help us when we make mistakes and get us on the right path again. Their lives and witness to faith provide us with inspiration, the Pope said, and in their prayers we receive help, and united with them we embrace one another in a bond of brotherly love. I'm Thaddeus Jones. The Federal Reserve is leaving interest rates unchanged for now. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the central bank will continue to track inflation and the health of the economy, adding that there's still a long way to go to get inflation down to 2%. Toyota is announcing they will increase wages after the United Auto Workers and the Detroit Big Three automakers reached tentative agreements. Trey Thomas reports. Toyota says they are not releasing the details of the increases publicly, but a flyer circulating on social media showed the company was introducing a 2% wage increase for top-paid production workers and a quarter of a percentage increase for top-paid skilled trade workers with wages increasing around 9% starting in January. I'm Trey Thomas. And the Texas Rangers are the World Series champions for the first time in France. 
franchise history. Texas defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 5 to nothing last night in Game 5 of the Fall Classic. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Current events remind us that life can change without warning. The team at Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery is available to assist you in planning for the inevitable. The Catholic Church teaches the importance of a respectful Christian burial for the body, which was a temple of the Holy Spirit. This includes cremated remains. Give the gift of peace of mind to your family and be assured that your faithful intentions are secured. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this All Souls Day, Thursday, November the 2nd. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Got a bit of a warm-up coming today for those of you visiting cemeteries. That'll be nice. It's cold right now, though, with temperatures in the upper 30s, lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, sunny skies today and a high of 52. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34. Mostly sunny and breezy tomorrow with a high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, lots of sunshine today and a high of 52. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 34. Sunny to start the day tomorrow, then increasing clouds in the afternoon and high tomorrow of 58 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Machuda, and he's got a book called The Gospel Truth. We've been walking through it to look a bit about the uh, the reliability of the gospel narrative. Some people say, oh, it's just fiction. Oh, they just made it up. Oh, they embellished. Uh, Gary's got some ways to say, hey, uh, maybe it's a little, little more accurate than people realize. Gary, good morning. Morning, Matt. So I want to look at the the uh, case of the transfiguration today. You got some really fascinating stuff on this particular account. So if you could uh, unpack what we can learn about the reliability of the Gospels from the way the transfiguration is treated. Yeah, well, uh, you know, specifically I look at Second uh, Peter. You know, transfiguration was one of those miracles that was only witnessed by the top three. You know, Peter, James, and John on top of the mountain. And it's also one of the miracles that are found in all the synoptic accounts as well. And when you get to Second Peter, uh, you find something really interesting, because apparently there were people who thought that maybe this account of the transfiguration was maybe a myth or symbolic or something like that. You know, So they were disputing the proper interpretation of what exactly went on or didn't go on in regards to, uh, you know, Jesus' transformation and Moses, Elijah, you know, appearing. And so Second Peter 1, 16 and 18 read, 
Peter says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths where we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. And then he continues and says, We heard this voice born from heaven, and for we were with him on the holy mountain. Now, I, I love reading between the lines here because apparently the, Peter becomes aware of these variant interpretations of the transfiguration. And so he clarifies it. He says, look, we didn't follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you, you know, the transfiguration, but we're eyewitnesses. And we heard with our ears, you know, the voice from heaven. And why this is significant is it shows that the apostolic witness really becomes the anchor for understanding, interpreting scripture. Because uh, the transfiguration could be understood metaphorically or symbolically, but, you know, Peter and the eyewitnesses, James and John, they kneel it down to be, no, this literally happened. Yeah, and it is one of those things where, um, you know, the fact that it's even related later on is kind of an interesting thing, right? Because they're supposed to not really say anything about it, you know, at the time, <laughs> right? It's, right? It's a very strange, right. strange thing. But when they do say something about it, who is the person who looks the dumbest in the whole story? It's Peter, right? right. Peter's the guy yeah. who's like telling himself, like, you know, saying that, uh, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about and he was just like saying stuff, right? I mean, this is just a weird right. thing for somebody who's supposed to be. You know, if they were, if it, usually when I lie, Gary, it's to make myself look good. This is not what's happening here. Right. Yeah. It's called the principle of embarrassment. And uh, critical scholars sometimes point that out that, like you said, if you're going to make an account, you're going to whitewash it. You're going to make it look favorable to yourself. And that's the one thing with the Gospels is they're not afraid to be embarrassed. Uh, they're not afraid to even show uh, amongst the leadership, even Peter himself, that, yeah, he stumbles, he falls, he sticks his foot in his mouth, and sometimes he removes it just to put his other foot in the mouth. Yeah. Well, what what it also does is it then lends a greater credibility, if it's true, to some of the preaching that we hear from Peter in Acts, because Peter is uh, doing some really interesting stuff, explaining things about salvation history, uh, which if this thing really happened where he saw both Moses and Elijah, then he would probably have some insight into salvation history, having seen two of the biggest players in it next to the Lord. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, I think what's important is, you know, we have to understand that the Gospels aren't these mysterious writings that just came out of nowhere fabricating something, but it's anchored in eyewitness testimony, you know, and... uh and that becomes the norm, the uh, the regular fide that uh, everyone follows to correctly understand the accounts. And if you just have the, the written accounts without that guiding force, it, Scripture could be open to all sorts of different interpretations. Well, it is interesting because, uh, you know, we have four Gospels, but we've got three accounts of the Transfiguration in the Gospels. But we do have a fourth account. I mean, this is one of those... Uh, yeah. accounts where you do have, I mean, you have four, instead, instead of being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Peter, <laughs> which, you know, there's, 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 uh, when you read the gospel narratives, you don't, uh, 
see the, the, the writers usually saying, I did this. I mean, even in Matthew's gospel, he's not like, and so I was there, and this is what I saw, right? He kind of just reports. Right. It's very interesting to catch it from Peter when Peter's saying, I was there. This happened. That's I, To me, that's a very different kind of way of telling the story than what you get in the gospels. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a really fascinating point, because the only time I could think of where the, the narrator jumps in like that is in Luke. In yeah, the, the beginning, uh, right. The apostles, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so it's it's the person of the apostles that kind of that nailed down exactly what happened. And then, you know, later in the same passage, she says that they were given this prophetic spirit that's altogether reliable. So not only are they eyewitnesses of what occurred, but, you know, Christ gives them the gift of the Holy Spirit so that what they remember and the theological points that they pull out, that comes from God as well. You know, of all the things that I would hope that the Holy Spirit would help them remember, Gary, when it comes to the transfiguration, I wish they would have made Peter remember and write down whatever it was that Jesus and Moses and Elijah were talking about at the time, because that would have been some interesting stuff. That's just me. If I were there with a pen and a piece of paper, I probably would have started, you know, making notes at that point. But, you know, Peter left us hanging on that one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. A little factoid, though, you know, Luke's account says that they talked about his exodus that he was going to achieve in Jerusalem. And that's actually a deuterocanonical uh, reference, because in the deuterocanon, the, the word exodus in Wisdom 2 refers to uh, the, de- uh, the souls departing from life. So we have a clue that they were talking about the passion and crucifixion. What exactly they said, though? Yeah, I'm with you. I wish I knew. I'm telling you, man. The gospel writers, it's fascinating what they leave in. It's even more fascinating what they leave out. So, <laughs> Gary, if our <laughs> listeners... And again, this, this also points to the reliability of these, these gospels, right? Um, they, they leave in yeah. some of the weird things uh, that uh, if it was all just sort of normal, straightforward narrative hero stuff, then, you know, easier to point to is made up. But there's a lot of just strange stuff that's in and strange stuff that's out, like a real story. If our listeners want to get a copy of your book, The Gospel Truth, Gary Machuda, how do they do so? Just go to stpaulcenter.com, or you can get it anywhere else. And hands-on apologetics linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks as always, Gary. Have a great day. Thanks, Matt. You too. It's quarter till. We're back right after this. Support is for MediShare. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month. And that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. 
Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. EWTN's Religious Catalog has terrific suggestions for Christmas gifts. ABC Get to Know the Saints with Me introduces young readers to the communion of saints in a simple and memorable way. Each page includes an easy-to-read letter of the alphabet and a charming rhyme about the life of a corresponding saint in heaven. The ABC Get to Know the Saints with Me book is one of many great Christmas gifts from EWTN Religious Catalog. For more, visit EWTNRC.com today. Later today on More to Life, Family Feud. Family troubles will help you create a more peaceful family life. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 till, here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis celebrated Mass today at the Rome War Cemetery to pray for all the faithful departed on this All Souls Day. The Holy Father gave an interview to Italian media yesterday, asserting that a two-state solution is the way to end wars like the one raging between Israel and Hamas. And the Federal Reserve has announced they are leaving interest rates unchanged for now. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Courtney Brown, Executive Director of the Rua Woods Institute, online at ruawoodsinstitute.org. We've been getting some mini lessons from their revealed curriculum, K through 12 curriculum that you can find over at their website. Courtney, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am doing fine and excited to get another mini lesson from first grade. It's amazing how much I've been learning from kindergarten and first grade so far, Courtney. I'm not well, sure what that says about my level of catechesis, but well, it's, a, it's a good it's good to hear. Well, when you teach something that's so foundational, not just to our faith, but just to being a human person, it's stuff that we should we're constantly thinking about. So we're always learning more the oh. depths of who we are, you know. So it's definitely a part of that. It's like a lot of times we haven't been necessarily taught it as much as more as we've never really dove into it when we were kids because uh, that's what makes this uh, curriculum so special is the fact that yeah we're going to highlight it and we're going to really focus on this the dignity of who we are how we see ourselves how god wants to see us and how he wants to see others yeah i agree it's so good to to have children be able to to start diving in to the deep as john paul ii would would tell us to do so one of the themes in the first grade curriculum is my family is a gift of God. How is family a gift? That's a great question. So the idea here, when it all starts, as we know, we've been talking about original solitude and be created there. But when original unity comes into effect and what we experience in our bodies is that we were made for, for another and that we have this desire to belong and that the Lord 
himself when he is created as like himself in his image and likeness that he is in relationship with the father and the son and then that they're loved together so strongly we were talking about the holy spirit so god himself exists in relation so that our bodies actually reveal that it reveals that we were made for another and so some of the lessons we bring them through is starting from that starting point that we have a body soul unity so that our body reveals the soul so if kids reflect on that and then moving into the fact that we should take care of this body and we should take care of each other and then looking into how we're sons and daughters of god right out of the gate and from that core identity there flows into being brothers and sisters and that we're you know and then what eventually comes to this fruit that we're called to be spouse and that's where family begins and this idea that we're called to marriage in one capacity whether it's to become to a of someone in the marriage as we see it, in that natural marriage or that supernatural marriage when it becomes a priest or religious. So we, we talk about that and then this book. Yeah, hold on. Let me jump in here because it's so funny. I, I knew the book that obviously I have the curriculum sitting here in front of me. Um, I see the book that you were using and I'm thinking the seed is sleepy. What This is the name of the book by Diana Aston, um, And I was thinking, what in the world do seeds have to do with family? And then, well, you just yeah. you just unveiled it a, a little bit here, Courtney. But talk more about that. This is so interesting to me. Yeah, so this is a little bit more in that category of understanding the same book we talked with, The Egg is Quiet, mm-hmm. that uh, each seed is unique. It has a purpose. It's different. It's as a distinction. Um, but the the interesting thing about this particular book is seed needs a home, and that home is the ground that needs to be cultivated. So in essence, what it is is that all of us need a family and that this idea that we belong in a home. In fact, the home is probably the best metaphor to understand the body-soul unity is the fact that our body is a home. And that the family, this is something that um, – if I really speak into this and take some time, is that the family is is a place of home and it's a gift. And I know that we live in this kind of world where we kind of it's almost like this task check balances. So if I'm this way, or if we do this, or if we do that, we should be achieving this. So like a lot of times we look at the families as they're supposed to be perfect, but the reality is sometimes we find ourselves in broken situations because. We are broken, and the fact that the family is the home in which we're able to be broken with each other mm. and come together and grow and lead us to a, a more fulfilling life. So yeah. I always like to I remember one time as a principal, I had a student that, you know, he's great at school, and the mom came to me and says, I'm having such a hard time with him at home. He kind of gets upset. He gets angry. And, you know, and I told her, I said, well, that's a, that's a good thing that he can get upset, and he feels safe that where are the, what other place can he feel like that and and not feel loved, right? Like, so where can he act like that and no one would judge him or no one would say this or that about him or whatnot? So there's there's like some of even some of your listeners might find themselves where some of their kids were adopted, and if you think about it, like even though that there's there's pain in there and sometimes kids want to know who their natural parents are and that's something that's very real, but your home becomes a place in which you can share. And walk with them through that, and it becomes a very, um, and, and in some respects, it, it almost in a sense starts to model the holy family in a way, right? Because yeah. if we think about it, uh, Joseph is adopted 
Father of Jesus. So the Holy Family shows us that uh, in some capacity that the guardian of the church is, is an adopted father. Like, and it's a, such a beautiful thing of how our Lord even comes into the mess of our world. Not that the Holy Family was messy. That's not what I mean by that. But it's just yeah. something to reflect on. Well, they certainly had their challenges, that is for sure, and um, and Jesus entering fully into our human condition and, and always but sin, so I think it's a, a beautiful reflection. You know, as you were talking, and I'm thinking more about this seed imagery, um, you know, we talk about having family trees. Well, how does a tree begin but as a seed being nurtured right. in the soil, wow. and so there is the home. Yeah. Yeah, and the tree is also, as I was mentioning before, when you start to reflect on who we are, the tree is also a good analogy because at the root, at the cause and the, the roots is that we're sons and daughters, and from there flows into that, that we're meant to be a gift. And and then that's how, you know, in a certain respect, if we're sons and daughters, it means we're brothers and sisters. So it's not like a progression of identity as much as it is something that's cultivated in the eyes of God. So the tree, the tree of life, that all has this, this beautiful imagery of what uh, the Lord is asking of us to cultivate. And a family is no different. And that's why, like, when you think of this book and when you're teaching it to your kids, that the power of a seed, you know, it goes back to that bug, bug's life. It grows into this great tree. So this idea, every teaching the kids that, look, all families, in a certain respect, you know, we could look at our families, look at our parents and say, we wish it was this way or that way. But, you know, there's beauty in the idea that when we come together and what John Paul II says, that's the importance of prayer as a family, right? Because it's in prayer that we bring our petitions before the Lord. We bring our petitions before each other. And it's, it's how we grow closer together. So yeah. affirming in those students and affirming in your own kids that you know, we're family. And this is, this is something that is good. It's a gift. And even when it's hard, it's still a gift. It's how we till and keep the soil that is our home. We've been talking to Courtney Brown. You can find the Revealed curriculum for K through 12. We've been talking about first graders today. The Revealed Curriculum at RuaWoodsInstitute.org, which is linked at SunriseMorningShow.com. Courtney, thank you. Thank you. You bet. All right, that'll do it for this national edition of the Sunrise Morning Show on this All Souls Day. Be sure to head over to our show notes and subscribe so you can connect with all of our guests with an email every single day. We'll talk to you tomorrow, EWTN. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective. SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community. And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life. So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer. Lord, teach me to pray. The Ignatian Prayer Series can now train you and others electronically to become facilitators and bring the Ignatian way of prayer to your parish. Come to know and love Jesus Christ like never before and help others do the same. Don't pass up the opportunity to join this work of the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. That's LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. Our bodies are a gift of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just as the human body ought to be treated with respect and dignity in life, so it is meant to be treated after death. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help make advance arrangements with their Catholic funeral plan. Pre-planning is especially important to those preparing to enroll in Medicare. It also ensures that you make the arrangements you want, leaving your family without the hardship of planning while grieving. Find out more at 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. This is Cardinal Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Sacred Heart Radio. Thursday, the 2nd of November, All Souls Day. Let's begin together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A prayer for all who will die today. Most merciful Jesus, lover of souls, I pray you by the agony of your most sacred heart and by the sorrows of your Immaculate Mother to wash in your most precious blood the sinners of the world who are now in their agony and who will die today. Heart of Jesus, once in agony, have mercy on the dying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace on this All Souls Day. It is the Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, Danielle Bean will be with us. We've been walking through the mysteries of the rosary with her. Father Sebastian Walsh along as well. We'll talk to Lewayne McNeil about an effort from the Glen Mary Home Missioners. Missioners. I almost said missionaries. The missioners uh, to help. Pray for people uh, in our families, especially as we head towards uh, you know Christmas, um, that they will come back to the sacraments. 
Lewayne will tell us about that. And then Mike Aquilina will look at the early church and how it cared for and prayed for the dead. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Pope Francis has prayed for all the faithful departed celebrating Mass today at the Rome War Cemetery. During a special Angelus address yesterday on the Solemnity of All Saints, the Holy Father said, quote, Let us continue to pray for those who are suffering from today's wars. Let us not forget martyred Ukraine. Let us not forget Palestine. Let us not forget Israel. Let us not forget so many other regions where war still persists, end quote. The Holy Father gave an interview to Italian media yesterday saying a two-state solution is the way to end wars like the one raging between Israel and Hamas. The Holy Father said the world is going through a very dark hour. He said in war, one slap provokes another. He said one strong and then the other even stronger and so it goes on. War is a defeat. I felt it as one more defeat. Two peoples who must live together with that wise solution. Two peoples two states, end quote. The Pope was referring to the 1993 Oslo Accords, which established limited Palestinian autonomy and called for two well-defined states. The Holy Father also called for Jerusalem to be given special status. Nearly half of Ukrainians are in need of humanitarian aid currently. Mark Mayfield has more. A United Nations official speaking before the Security Council said that millions in the nation need help having their basic needs met. UN Humanitarian Director Ramesh Rajasingham said the war, which has stretched on for 20 months, has killed thousands of civilians and left Ukrainians with unimaginable levels of suffering and horrendous humanitarian consequences. He added that the upcoming winter will only increase the problems for the already 18 million in need. I'm Mark Nafield. Toyota is announcing a wage increase after the United Auto Workers reached agreements with the big three automakers in Detroit. The Japanese carmaker says it's not releasing the details of the increase publicly, but a flyer, a flyer circulating on social media showed Toyota was introducing a 2% wage increase for top paid production workers and a quarter percent increase for top paid skilled trade workers starting in January. The Federal Reserve is leaving interest rates unchanged for now. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the central bank will continue to track inflation and the health of the economy. He added there is still a long way to go to get inflation down to 2%. Pope Francis yesterday released a new mode proprio to update the statutes of the Pontifical Academy of Theology. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. In the most proprio, the Pope says that it is time to revise the norms that regulate the Academy's activities to make them more suited to the mission that our times impose on theology. What is needed is a fundamentally contextual theology, writes Pope Francis, capable of reading and interpreting the gospel in the conditions in which men and women live daily in different geographical, social, and cultural environments. In the letter, the Pope also calls for theology to engage openly with all believers and non-believers alike and for it to take on a pastoral stamp addressing the open wounds of humanity and of creation. I'm Christopher Wells. 
The FDA says more eye drops are being recalled. Yesterday, the Ohio-headquartered pharmaceutical company Cardinal Health announced it was recalling its rugby brand eye drops after it received reports of burning eyes, blurry vision, and vision loss. Earlier this week, the FDA had warned against using 27 different brands of generic eye drops after inspectors discovered bacteria in the facility that made the products. The eye drops have since been pulled from store shelves. And Ohio lawmakers are working to make daylight savings permanent across the state. The legislation called the Concurrent Resolution 7 urges Congress to enact the Sunshine Uniformity Act of 2023, which makes daylight savings permanent. Lawmakers say the time change in the fall leads to mental health issues such as depression, an increase in automobile accidents, and even an increase in crime. Not to mention an increase in children who stay up later than they should because they don't realize that a clock changing means that bedtime feels different. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I like, obviously, fallback sounds just marvelous. And so, it's this weekend, by the way. Exactly. So, I mean, it's the spring forward that, uh, that gets I, really, I really don't uh, well, the get fall, so amped up for. So what? Fall backwards would mean there's a little more daylight in the nighttime, right? No. No. A little less. Yeah. Which means more darkness for people to commit crimes. Is that what they're saying? I, you know... I don't know. That that it also means that children then wake up earlier than they should in the fall. That's what fall is. Spring forward is when they stay up way too late because it's like the sun's still out, it's daytime. I see. And so they go to bed, they want to go to bed at like, you know, ten. Yeah. But makes sense. When it comes to fall back, it's not even like I get an extra hour of sleep because the children are still waking up at you know, 7.30 in the morning, according to their biological clock, but it's 6.30 in the morning, according to the actual clock. And my biological clock, it's like, well, I don't get any sleep anyway. And so this is just an hour less sleep that I get. My biological clock is always asking, what time is it? What night? I know, yeah. right? I, I, I forget what uh, what time it is, what day it is. Sometimes, But the good news is while I'm at work, the clock is big. And it's I know. Right it's in like right in front of you because we got to keep time here. Can't mess it up. 8.08 now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Sports brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Well, baseball's time is up. The uh, baseball season is over after the Texas Rangers defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 5 to nothing in Game 5 of the World Series in Phoenix. Corey Seager finished with two hits and was named the World Series MVP. Arizona starter Zach Gallen charged with the loss after allowing one run through six and a third. Diamondbacks went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position and managed just five hits in the loss. Tough, tough loss there. Thursday night football, we'll see the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, taking on the Tennessee Titans and the Steelers getting some help tonight as Cam Hayward back from the injured list, the former first-round pick out of and, and I'm between. sorry, I'm looking at a lot of traffic issues. That's okay. Who is this? Uh, Cam Hayward. He's a Steeler, but he went to Ohio State University. Yes, of course. He's coming back uh, from the injured list. That's all I was saying. Steelers battle the Titans in uh, Thursday night football. So 
We'll keep an eye on that matchup because it obviously pertains to the AFC North. Mm-hmm. Let's get to that traffic, which it doesn't sound good already. Yeah. <laughs> traffic, a service of Rose Automotive. Too busy trying to get all of these accidents in. What's yeah. going on Com- out there? Compile it all together yeah. here. Traffic, a service of Rose Automotive. Pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton. On the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Take it away. Yeah, so what was confusing me is that I'm used to seeing at the bottom of the loop of 275 uh, the slowness through the construction right now going westbound from Turkey Foot over towards 7175. But eastbound is running awfully slow because there is some construction right now at the AA Highway, but there's also an accident on the shoulder at Taylor Mill. And all in all, you're going to be slowing from 7175 almost all the way over to 471. Northbound 7175 is running slow from Turfway up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471 is slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. Now on the Ohio side, we've got a couple of accidents to report as well. Southbound 75, the center lane blocked with an accident right now at, in the Lachlan split. So move over to the left or the right to uh, get around that one. You're slowing back towards Sharon Road. Uh, bottom or top of the loop of 275, you're running slow on um, eastbound 275 from Route 4 over to the 75 interchange. Got an accident that's been moved over to the shoulder now on northbound 71 at Montgomery, Kenwood, Montgomery. And uh, that's slowing back, slowing you up back to the Norwood lateral. Southbound 71 slowing from Field Zertle down to the Norwood lateral. All right. Hopefully things clear up a little bit before the next report. That's a long report. Okay. All Souls Day. Get a little bit of a warm-up for you to head out to the cemeteries today to uh, pray at the graves of loved ones. Sunshine today in Cincinnati with a high of 52 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34. Mostly sunny and a little warmer tomorrow with a high of 59 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny today with a high of 52. Clear skies tonight and an overnight low of 34. Sunny start to the day tomorrow, then some increasing clouds in the afternoon with a high of 58 degrees. As I was saying, today is All Souls Day. And I was asking Father Philip Michael Tangora over email, what is the liturgical rank of this? It doesn't feel like a feast day because feast days are for people who are in heaven and we're praying for the people who aren't in heaven yet, right? So he tells me that it is a solemnity ranked three out of, it's a third class solemnity out of four classes of solemnity. And he says it is a commemoration. We call it the commemoration of all the faithful departed. Um, So that's something that we have when you have a feast day that happens during Lent or Advent, which takes precedence. It gets kind of confusing, but basically it is a solemnity. And we mark this solemnity, of course, by praying for all the faithful departed. Through the mercy of God, may they rest in peace. And also, may my mother have a wonderful birthday today. Happy birthday, Mom. Danielle Bean joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Connect with her, invite her to speak or lead a retreat through daniellebean.com. Listen to her girlfriend's podcast through goodcatholic.com. 
and check out the community over at girlfriendscommunity.com. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, Danielle. I could not believe it. Like two weeks before Halloween, I walked into the grocery store and there were these huge piles of ingredients in the main aisles all over the store of all of the the special ingredients that people pick up for Thanksgiving. And I was like, what? We're already getting ready for Thanksgiving? I mean, the introverted among us may be getting all anxious even just thinking about this notion. But we are in the month of November, so these gatherings are coming, whether we like it or not. So we're going to talk about getting better at hospitality today. I am curious, um, are you really into hosting big gatherings or do you think of it as work or maybe you a know, combination? It's, yeah, it's kind of a combination. For me, I think I, I wouldn't naturally do it, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm a very introverted person, but I happen to be married to somebody who loves putting <laughs> on a huge event and continually inviting people over. <laughs> it out right so um and i and you know that experience has been very good for me because it really is a beautiful thing to be able to do it's a really beautiful way to build community to grow deeper in your friendships with one another and to just get more relaxed about inviting Mm. people over i think that's the big thing yeah 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 so is this like a fake it till you may we we talk about this all the time (laughs) fake it till you make it is this one of those things that we need to do just dive in just get started right and you know sometimes we just make that like it just feels like this overall like huge deal and so we just push it away like oh i can't i can't invite anybody over i can't plan an event i can't host whatever it is and yet you know when you do it so often afterwards you're like you know what? that was actually a lot of fun i really connected with these people i feel closer to my friends i feel like we built community we maybe met new people this way you know, more often than not, it's a net win in the end, and you realize it really is worth that little bit of extra effort. Okay, so let's get into some of that little bit of extra effort. What is the importance mm. of planning when you're an introvert who wants to get better at hospitality? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so if you think about, like, having a plan before people come over, you might think, like, oh, I need a grocery list, and I need to, like, make my list of, like, planning. I'm going to get all the vacuuming done or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, sure, do some of that. But what I'm talking about is have a plan for how you're really going to connect with people. Really put your focus there. Like, how are you going to have conversations with the people who are coming to see you? This doesn't have to be an elaborate plan, but just giving it a little bit of thought can go a long way. So think about the people who are coming over. Think about their lives. Think about what's going on with them, what you might ask them about. Think about some interesting conversation starters and you know, really just having a plan like that makes it so much easier because I know I for sure, especially early on in my marriage, I hosted multiple events where I was so focused on the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The cooking, the cleaning, the, you know, whatever, that I really forgot to connect with the people, which is what it's supposed to be all about. So wow. focus on the people in your plans and in the moment, when, you know, when the time comes and the people are there, of course, there's going to be some things you need to do as a host, right? But you know, try to simplify it as much as possible so that you can be truly connecting and having real conversations and looking people in the eye and truly making that kind of connection with people. Danielle, you said, you know, you would get kind of distracted by all of the things you have to do. I have hmm. to admit, I I hide behind those 
things. Like, <laughs> yes. So I, I think I having it. that plan and getting yourself mentally prepared because, you know, one of the, the, the key, the, what it, the hallmarks of, of introvertedness is that this takes energy for people like us. It really does. It really does. But you can feel more confident if you have that little bit of a plan. Mm -hmm. Think about this person. You might know them well. You might not know them very well. Maybe they just had a new baby. Maybe they're starting a new job. Maybe they recently lost their mother. Maybe they're, you know, were, were really sick or somebody was in the hospital or, you know, think about their lives and what you can ask them about. Ask them about their kids and their school or, and, and if it's somebody you don't know very well, there are very open-ended kind of interesting questions you can ask about, like, what do you like to do in your free time? You know, I like that question because you don't know somebody. It's a really great way to kind of find mm -hmm. out a little bit more about them. But it's, it's not a high-pressure kind of question, you know, where you're asking them, uh, you know, like, what are you doing with the rest of your life or something? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Have a relaxed conversation with them. Yeah. And we're already running out of time. You've got a whole podcast uh, devoted to this with a lot of great advice. Um, but we, we talked about how we just have to do it. And you, you mentioned do it a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But in addition to that, start small. Right. I think that's a really important thing to point out that you don't sometimes you think, oh, I have to host this big fancy dinner party. Well, no, you don't. You can mm -hmm. invite people over for, for games and snacks or you can invite people over for coffee and dessert or you know whatever it is that you might like to do. It can be very small kind of commitment like that. And that can feel more doable to you. And then once you get a little more comfortable doing that, you might feel more able to take on larger events. But starting small, I think that really is key because just getting started is going to contribute a lot to your comfort level. Absolutely. Well, maybe we'll uh, focus on a few more of these the next time we get together, Danielle, because I think this is an important thing for us to uh, to be willing and to be present with other people because the Lord wants us to be a family. We are one body. And so this is this is an important thing. And what uh, we're made for. And I need you to help me, Danielle. So. <laughs> I will. I will. We'll get through this holiday season. Excellent, yeah. folks. Go over to goodcatholic.com where you can listen to Danielle's girlfriend's podcast about this. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Danielle, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You too, Danielle. Thanks. All right, it's 20 past. We got traffic and weather coming up next. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine, handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a 1,000 labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at bridgetownfindermeats.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591.
All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. 21 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Still running slow on eastbound 275 at the bottom of the loop from Dixie on over toward the AA Highway where there's some road construction. Northbound 7175, you're on the brakes from just before 275 up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471 is slow from Grand Avenue up to the river. Got an accident on the right shoulder of northbound 71 at Kenwood, which has you stacked up to the Norwood lateral. Southbound 71 is slowing from Field Turtle to the Norwood lateral. Uh, let's see, a new accident blocking the right lane of eastbound 275 at the 75 interchange. You're backed up to Winton Road. Southbound 75 is slowing as you head through the Lachlan split. Now for weather. Sunny skies today for your cemetery visits on this All Souls Day and a high of 52 degrees in Cincinnati. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 34. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 59. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 52. Clear tonight with an overnight low around 34. Sunny start tomorrow, then increasing clouds and a high of 58 degrees. Now, please pray with me. Our prayer for Ohio ahead of the election on Tuesday in issue one. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart all for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Father Sebastian Walsh joins us next. It's 24 past. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. For Catholics, being united with God for eternity is the goal of earthly life. A Catholic cemetery is sacred because it holds our bodies, once temples of the Holy Spirit, until the Lord comes again. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati has consecrated Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery to provide this ministry and remind us that life is not ended, but changed. Today, you can ensure that you and your loved ones are interred in accordance with your faith. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. 
Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Sebastian Walsh. He's a Norbertine father at St. Michael's Abbey in California and author of Heart of the Gospel, How the Beatitudes Show Us God's Plan for Happiness. It's from Catholic Answers Press. Father, welcome back. Thank you, Annie. Good to be back. So we're continuing to lay the foundations today to have a better understanding of the Beatitudes and the importance of them for understanding uh, the good news of Christ. And honestly, Father, I'm not sure that all of us really even understand exactly what Beatitude means. Uh, We know they're sayings from Jesus, but beyond that, you know, what are they? Sure. So... I, uh, I think the last time we talked, I mentioned that the name Beatitude, you know, refers to a kind of a divine happiness. But if you ask what is a Beatitude in the sense of the eight Beatitudes, you know, what Jesus is preaching um, in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. there what you're talking about is it's a, it's a brief instruction from our Lord in Scripture, which is given in, it's a kind of a poetic form, you'll notice, right? And it teaches us how to find true and lasting divine happiness. So it's actually a beatitude in this sense is an instruction from our Lord. huh? Um, and in addition to that, what you find is each beatitude has two parts. Mm-hmm. It's got a condition for merit and then a promise to reward. So for example, um, blessed are the poor in spirit. So being poor in spirit is a condition for merit for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's the reward, you see? So each of those Beatitudes tells us exactly what we need to do in order to obtain that divine and lasting happiness. Yeah, it's super interesting, especially when you look at the Gospel of Luke, when he has those corresponding woes. Yes. So um, it's interesting because, as you say, uh, Matthew doesn't have woes. Luke does have woes. And um, Matthew does, at the end, in chapter, I think it's 23 of Matthew, mm. he has a list of woes, but he doesn't put them together with the Beatitudes. But Luke definitely does, and I think there's a good reason for that. Um, he wants to teach us that we can't sit on the fence. You know, sometimes we think, well, those seem really hard, those Beatitudes, being poor and hungry and persecuted. Um Maybe I'm just going to aim a little lower. I'm just going to try and, you know, get a, a, a modicum of happiness in this life and then, you know, try to be, you know, just good enough to get into heaven for the next life, you know. Oh. And so, um, so for the most part, people say things like this. Well, I can be rich just as long as I'm not too attached to my money. And I can, you know, be praised by people and, and not um, ever criticized by people. As long as, you know, I'm not doing anything really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Jesus goes on and he says, woe to you, rich. Yeah. Woe to you who are, you know, when men praise you. Um, he wants to teach us there's no sitting on the fence. That it's an all or nothing prospect. And we have to put all our hope in the life to come. 
you know. Um, now, that doesn't mean we won't um, sometimes have comforts and consolations in this life. But to the extent that we do, those comforts and consolations all have to, in our hearts, be seen in the perspective of eternity, wow. you know, where I don't put my hope for happiness in money in this life or my hope for happiness in the praise of men in this life and so forth. Yeah. I mean, we can really kid ourselves, can't we, in in saying I was uh, talking about this in a, a different interview not too long ago that uh, it it can be easy to say, yeah, I have all these comforts, but they don't mean anything to me. When actually, mm-hmm. if we really probe deep down into into our hearts, um, they really would mean a lot yeah. more than we're willing to admit. Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. One of the things I, I ask people is I ask them, how much effort do you put into obtaining the goods of this life? And how much do you think about them? Mm-hmm. Those are two pretty good indications where your heart really is, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, let's continue to look at these um, to to get a more foundational understanding of the Beatitudes, because it is interesting. We've been talking about Matthew and Luke, and um, they're different. I mean, they're similar, but there are definitely some real real differences in what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew and then in the Sermon on the Plain in Luke. Um, can yes. you talk about those and why it might be that they are different? Yes, absolutely. So both St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas are of the opinion that those were two different sermons. And you alluded to that fact. You said, well, Luke's was on, given on the plain mm-hmm. and Matthew's was given on the mountain. huh? So if you look carefully at the language, um, Matthew says that Jesus went up the mountain, and his disciples came to him. So Matthew's uh, Sermon on the Mount, which is much more intricate, detailed, kind of spiritually lofty, um, and includes eight Beatitudes, Matthew's Sermon on the Mount seems to have been given to those who are already disciples of Jesus. Whereas Luke's Sermon on the Mount, it says very clearly, was given to the crowds. So it looks like Jesus gave a kind of a simpler homily to the crowds in front of him. Then he went up to the top of the mountain where he expounded on that in greater detail to those who were already his disciples. So that accounts, first of all, for the the differences we find in the two sermons. Now, when it comes to the Beatitudes in particular, um, Luke's Beatitudes differ from Matthew's in some striking ways. There's only four Beatitudes in Luke, and in Matthew there's eight. But when Luke speaks about um, the Beatitudes, he'll just say, Blessed are you poor. Mm. He doesn't say blessed are those who are poor in spirit. He uses the second person, you poor. Um, Now, why would Jesus do that? In my opinion, it's because those crowds had already been following Jesus for three days. And they had given up work. They had given up food. They were hungry. They were thirsty. But they showed by their actions already they loved the Word of God. They loved to hear Jesus. They loved the gospel. So Jesus didn't need to tell them about poverty of spirit. He knew they were poor in spirit because they were already giving up their what little resources they had for the sake of hearing the Word of God. Yeah. And so he says to them directly, blessed are you poor, the ones right in front of me, not everyone who's poor, but you who are right in front of me because you've shown by your actions 
you're poor in spirit. And he says, blessed are you who are hungry now, right? You show that they were hungry more for the word of God than they were for, for food of the body and so forth. And so he, he, in each case, the crowd that's right in front of him has already shown by their actions that they have the right disposition of spirit, but they also have the corresponding experience of body, you know, of poverty, mm-hmm. hunger, and so forth. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, too, as we close up this conversation, because in Matthew, he's he's teaching his disciples, right? So presumably those who would be um, kind of being handed his ministry and would be leading yeah. those same people. So you're being taught about them so that you can pass on that teaching to those that, that Jesus was speaking to in Luke or those like Absolutely. them. Absolutely. That's right. Wow. And interestingly, the one place in Matthew where he says, blessed are you, is when he says at the very end, blessed are you when men persecute mm-hmm. you, yeah. as if he knows his disciples are going to be persecuted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Read more about it in Heart of the Gospel from Catholic Answers Press and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, appreciate the conversation today. We'll look forward to next time. Thank you. Sure thing. God bless you. You too, Father. Thank you. All right, it's 34 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Pope Francis has prayed for all the faithful departed today. The Holy Father celebrated Mass at the Rome War Cemetery on this All Souls Day. During a special Angelus address yesterday for the Solemnity of All Saints, the Holy Father said, quote, Let us continue to pray for those who are suffering from today's wars. Let us not forget martyred Ukraine. Let us not forget Palestine. Let us not forget Israel. Let us not forget so many other regions where war still persists, end quote. The Holy Father also yesterday gave an interview to Italian media and said a two-state solution is the way to end wars like the one raging between Israel and Hamas. The Holy Father said the world is going through a very dark hour and said in war, one slap provokes another, one strong and the other even stronger. And so it goes on. War is a defeat, he said. He said two peoples who must live together with that wise solution, two peoples, two states. The Pope pointed to the 1993 Oslo Accords, which established limited Palestinian autonomy and called for two well-defined states. The Holy Father also called for Jerusalem to be given a special status. Meanwhile, the war between Israel and Hamas rages on. Mark Mayfield reports. The evacuations of people from the Gaza Strip have begun through a border crossing into Egypt. Injured civilians are among those heading into the country, as well as hundreds of foreign passport holders, including Americans. Over 1,400 Israelis and 8,800 Palestinians have died so far in the conflict. On Tuesday, Israel said it killed a senior Hamas commander while conducting a strike on a refugee camp. A local hospital in Gaza said dozens were killed in the strike and hundreds were injured. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Federal Reserve is leaving interest rates unchanged for now. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell says the central bank will continue to track inflation and the health of the economy, adding that there is still a long way to go to get inflation down to 2%. And the FDA says more eye drops are being recalled. Yesterday, the Ohio-headquartered pharmaceutical company Cardinal Health announced it was recalling its rugby brand eye drops after it received reports of Burning eyes, blurry vision, and vision loss. And earlier this week, the FDA had warned against using 27 different brands of generic eye drops after inspectors discovered bacteria in the facility that made the products. 
the eye drops have since been pulled from store shelves. Not sure I'd buy eye drops named rugby, but... <laughs> well, I on the sports desk, I mean, I might as well. Yeah, I guess so. Well, don't buy them right now. Uh, well, they, no, maybe they'll be pulled from the shelves, so you won't even have that opportunity. Got it. Anyway. 8.37 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Take it away, Paul. No rugby on my uh, sports no? Uh, oh, sheet, okay. no, unfortunately. But we do have baseball. Well, the last baseball story I'll have for a little bit. Uh, baseball pitchers and catchers report in 101 days. This after the Texas Rangers are celebrating their first ever World Series championship after a 5 to nothing win over the Arizona Diamondbacks, Corey Seager was named the World Series MVP. Diamondbacks left uh, nine runners in, or went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. That is devastating. How about Thursday night football tonight? The Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Tennessee Titans. Pittsburgh right now tied for second place with Cincinnati in the AFC North and uh, will battle Tennessee in Pittsburgh so we'll keep a close eye on that game. Also, uh, how about some hockey tonight? Blue Jackets face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning at Nationwide Arena. Jackets have lost four in a row, so tonight's a good night to snap that streak. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. The Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code. Hello, this is Father Mark Watkins, pastor of St. Lawrence. A prayer of St. Dominic. May God the Father who made us bless us. May God the Son send his healing among us. May God the Holy Spirit move within us and give us eyes to see with, ears to hear with, and hands that your work might be done. May we walk and preach the word of God to all. May the angel of peace watch over us and lead us at last by God's grace to the kingdom. Amen. show continues on this memorial of the faithful departed commemoration of our beloved dead all souls day may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of god rest in peace i'm matt swaim joined now by lewayne mcneil who's doing a new project 
with the Glenmary Home Missioners, and he's here to tell us about it this morning. Luane, good morning. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Doing well. And before we get into the uh, this surrender initiative and, and that, I just want to let people know, you're on the journey home. Your episode airs on Monday. I'm very excited to share your story. You did an awesome job. Uh, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it was a, an honor to, to uh, be with you all and to share that conversion story. It's uh, very grateful. So yeah. thank you. So Sacred Heart listeners, if you want to catch a local guy who used to be a Church of Christ minister and is now working for the Glen Mary Home Missioners, then check that out Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern here on Sacred Heart Radio. So, Luane, this uh, Surrender Initiative, if you could give us an overview of what it is and how it works. Great. Yeah, so the uh, Surrender Initiative is a special uh, mass event. Uh, Our first one will be held at... um, St. Thomas More Church, which is in Withamsville. It's part of the Stella Maris Cluster. Um, so this Friday at 6 o'clock, we kick off this, this inaugural event. Um, it will begin with sacred music and confession. For, so for those who are uh, making First Fridays, it's a perfect time to make First Fridays confession. And so confession is 6 o'clock, and then Mass will be at 7 o'clock. And then after the Mass, There'll be a reception, a a wine reception and cheese reception at the end for the community. And so we're we're very blessed that uh, St. Thomas More Church was it's our our, it's our first event. And uh, we are we're very, very excited that they were willing to host this event. And uh, it's going to be a great, great evening. Well, Luane, I'm pushing two decades working in various Catholic stuff and uh, whenever we put out anything regarding prayer requests. The number one prayer request I get, almost no matter what I've been doing or what the context is, is please pray for my family, my loved ones, my kids, my grandkids, my spouse, whoever it is. Uh, they were raised Catholic, and now they're not practicing the faith at all. I mean, this is at the heart of, of what a lot of us want for our families, this idea of uh, bringing them back to, to Mass. I mean, it seems appropriate that you would be, you know, using the Mass as a way to specifically pray for these very people. Yes, well, I mean, John Paul VI said that the Mass is the highest form of prayer. And so one of the—I've I've had a lot of conversations because we're all, like you said, we're all touched by this idea that we have loved ones, whether it's our children, whether it's our godchildren, nieces, nephews, friends, neighbors— who have left the church. And if you look statistically across the United States, you see the staggering number of those who leave the church and now they never return. I think the latest data from, I want to say PRRI Research Institute said that of Catholics that leave the church, close to 50% become nuns, those who have no religious affiliation whatsoever. And so in talking to a lot of, uh, you know, Catholics, they're, they become very brokenhearted to the point where they don't even know how to respond because they don't feel equipped um, to, uh, you know, defend the faith. They feel intimidated that they don't know the right answers. They don't know what to say. And interestingly, the most important thing that we can do is to pray and to pray with intention. And so when I've asked many Catholics, like, well, you know, they'll say, well, what do I do? And I say, well, have you prayed for them? Have you offered, like, sacrifice and reparation for them? 
And notoriously, it's not to it's not a judgment on anyone. It's that sometimes the easiest thing to do is to pray, and the easiest thing to do is what we don't do. So the mass, since it's the highest form of prayer, and because the prayers of the mass are united through Jesus Christ, who takes it to the throne of grace, particularly the offertory rite, if we bring these intentions then Christ takes these prayers on our behalf, and we can pray for those who have left, those who we love, those, um, you know, those Catholics that we want to return. So it becomes a way in which we can bring them to the throne of grace and Christ and praise, you know, on, on our behalf. Well, it's so funny that you, you, you phrase it that way because so often when people come to me and say, my loved one left the faith, what book can I give them, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or Correct. or that yeah. sort of thing. And I'm like, well, we, we, you should be praying for this person. And sometimes that's the thing that we that, that that's sort of last on the list. And, you know, with just a moment left here, you mentioned the offertory. I mean, I know that's one of the things you focus on. Like I, sometimes I think we can think of the offertory as this thing that happens up on the altar, right? Or when the plates get passed, it's this place where you put in money. I mean, this is the place where you're encouraging people to say, you know, I offer up my loved one, right? Yes. And you, and you bring that intention. Um, and it helps you folks because the, the way the mass is when the offertory rite happens, what we should envision and think about in, in our inner disposition of bringing these intentions to Christ and our offering is bringing these names and placing them on the altar with Christ. And then Christ takes these intentions. And, you know, this this whole idea of the Surrender Initiative came about through um, to a person, to a blessed saint named Elizabeth Lesseur. She wrote an incredible journal that was published after her death called The Secret Diary of Elizabeth Lesseur. And the whole idea behind her journal was she was praying for her husband who became an atheist. And... She prayed in earnest for him. She offered mass intentions for him. And she wrote about this whole journey of this prayer for him in this journal. And after her death, her husband, Felix, discovered this journal, read it, and within a matter of a week, in a matter of weeks, he returned to the church in full communion. And then a couple years later, he ends up becoming a Dominican priest. Yeah, it's and such so a great the story. power of prayer. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, the other element of that, too, is that it didn't even happen in her lifetime. And I think that's another part of the surrender equation is to realize that it might not happen, you know, in our time here. But yeah. I want to encourage people to definitely go check out the Surrender Initiative. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, go and pray for your loved ones. And hopefully this is one of a number of events that we'll be able to promote regarding the Surrender Initiative. Thanks so much, Luane McNeil. Have a wonderful day. Uh, Thank you, Matt. God bless you. All right. We're back with Mike Aquilina next. It's 12 Till. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a great place to shop for gifts like fun Catholic T-shirts, socks, and cozy throw blankets. And don't forget the Mystic Monk Pumpkin Spice Coffee. St. Michael's Rosaries online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. 
need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kowarski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Joined now by Mike Aquilina from FathersOfTheChurch.com. Mike, good morning. Morning, Matt. So uh, between Halloween and All Souls Day, there's a lot of thought about death uh, in the church right now. Uh, of course, November dedicated to the Holy Souls. Looking back at the earliest Christians, um, how did the way that they treated death, and especially the dead, differ from the way the culture around them approached this question? Well, the religion of Israel kind of set itself apart from all the other uh, all the other world religions. Uh, Israel was different from other cultures in that they uh, they did care for the bodies of the dead. The body was seen as part of the person, as um, as integral to the person, and so it wasn't something that you you mistreated. It wasn't something that you um, that you you cared little for. And and in contrast to the to the other cultures, they did not burn their dead. They did not leave their dead out to be um, to be eaten by vultures or anything like that. They buried the dead, and they did so with great care and with with ceremony. Um, it was common um, in the the first century, second century, third century in the big cities for for families to abandon their dead into the town sewer, uh, and uh, and and Christians would have no part of this. In the earliest records we have, uh, we find accounts of 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 um, of Christians going into the arena to collect the remains of the martyrs, whatever was left after the lions had their fill, uh, to, to collect the, um, the remains of the martyrs and preserve them. They eventually uh, would, would uh, celebrate the feast days of the martyrs every year at the place where those remains found repose, uh, often in a, a courtyard of someone's house or in a, a well at someone's house. Um, these places are still revered today in Rome. Now, as as uh, as time went on, we find great burial places, uh, great great burial places built in places like Rome and Egypt. Uh, we 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 can see miles and miles of catacombs today. So um, so you can see that that uh, that this was something very important. It was something worth great effort, and it was even something worth great expense and great risk during times of persecution. Yeah, the idea of cemeteries at all, um, you know, is such a fascinating thing uh, in the history of humanity uh, and the idea that we would make a place where we would bury these people, where we would always remember that this is where their mortal remains are, that this is where we will go to remember them, and this is where we'll go to, to pray for them. I mean, this is a very uniquely Christian thing. 
Yes. You know, when when the pagans did have um, these cities of the dead, they would they would bring their ashes uh, to these places and sometimes raise a monument. Um, uh, when when they did have these, they were always outside town, you know, beyond the edges of town. Uh, Christians built their churches over the remains of their beloved dead. And this was something very different. Uh, we have we have the. Uh, uh, the writings of Julian the Apostate, an ex-Christian who was, uh, you know, uh, an enthusiast for paganism and tried to return paganism to the empire. And he rails against the, the Christians for polluting our cities with the relics of the saints. Uh, so we can see that the Christians stood out in this time because of their care for the bodies. Listen, the body was baptized. And, and, and as a result, the body was sanctified. You know, it was um, it was uh, it, it was it was considered united in some way with the body of Christ. You know, that was the body that had received the Eucharist over and over again. It deserved respect, and it was treated with respect by Christians. Yeah, I can't help but think about someone I knew uh, who had brought the arm of Saint Francis Xavier uh, to Canada and mm. was doing a tour, and the arm was. Uh, they didn't want to just throw it in the luggage compartment, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, they booked a seat on the plane for St. Francis Xavier's arm. And, you wow. know, somebody might uh, think to themselves, well, that's kind of weird. Yes, but that's the arm that baptized thousands upon thousands of people. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I sometimes think uh, back to funerals that I went to in my evangelical background and, and still go to some today. And I'll hear people say things like, well, you know, that's not really them in there. I'm like, well, yeah, it is and it isn't, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, God chose to put them in that body to experience everything that they did in this life. Yes, and the Christians had a keen sense of that. St. Augustine wrote one of his, he wrote a book about the proper care for the dead and the respect for the dead because this was something that was integral to Christian life. So then, as we approach this month of the Holy Souls uh, in Purgatory, how can we, uh, I guess, look to the early church for witness as we pray for our beloved dead? Well, we can do what they did. They prayed for the dead, and they made a point of doing it. We have a special month for it now. We've developed this in our calendar, and we should Keep to it every single day of this month, remembering our dead by name. All of the people who've contributed to our lives, who've influenced us, who've made us who we are, our, our parents, our ancestors, our, 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 our aunts and uncles, our teachers, uh, our, our bosses from work, all of these people who taught us how to do the things we do and uh, taught us how to be the, the, the people we are. Uh, we should be praying for them, uh, praying for the repose, and, uh, and we, should, we should do that with some diligence during this month. We should also visit graves if we can. You know, we get a special indulgence for, um, for visiting cemeteries and praying for the dead there. Um, we should do that whenever we can. Well, thanks so much, Mike Aquilina, and we should visit those today if you can, right? There's indulgences associated with that, but even if you're not there for the indulgence, right? Pray for the beloved dead among us, uh, you know, who's, well, their, their journey's not yet complete, and uh, we hope to see them on the other side ourselves. Uh, may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. If you're on purga in purgatory, you are in the antechamber of heaven, and that's a that's not the worst place to be, I can tell you that. We're back again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
Sacred Heart Radio family, asking you to give us $75 a month is a lot to ask. But the fact is it costs $150 every hour of the day for us to operate. Now, with underwriting paying for half of that, if it's possible to give $75 a month, thank you. But we're grateful for whatever you're able to donate. And to do that or find out more about underwriting, visit sacredheartradio.com. And to get even more listeners, tell everyone about Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus, Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have traveled to nearly every corner of the world. Founded by St. Daniel Comboni, we are an international Catholic organization dedicated to ministering the world's poorest and most abandoned people. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. That is ComboniMissionaries.org. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more.